0: My okay. cousin was it was like a Los Angeles. This is one of the special editions were coming out. And it's like George Lucas was like five feet away from her or something. And there was nobody around him. And he was kinda like like she was looking at him kinda like it was kinda like he's familiar but not sure and he was like the standing there kinda like expecting her to go up and say something, but she, she never pictured who it was, so she just walked away, didn't get a chance to meet him or anything. <laughs> like why couldn't I be in that
1: spot?
2: <laughs> oh Tim. Always in the wrong
3: place at the wrong time, aren't you?
0: Well when it comes to me, celebrities, yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you got to make Bruce Tim cry, so that's (laughs) what I got back to him, that's true. Yeah. But you got to make Bruce Tim cry.
4: Oh good for you!
2: It's another Bad Fans podcast. We're back again to uh, talk about just random stuff and like Batman stuff, too. Um, this is episode number 19. Uh, you, got Tim. It. you got it without my help. Congratulations. Oh, I can finally become your friend. Yes. <laughs> That's all it took. <laughs> uh, Tim. Yes. H- how are you doing today? Or tonight, I should say, since we're not recording in our usual time slot or whatever.
0: Yeah, it feels weird talking to you guys at night. I don't think we've ever done this before.
2: (laughs) You and I have, because we did that. What did we try to watch? Oh, oh, Batman Forever and Batman Uh, Robin, back to back. (laughs) And we tried to do a commentary for it.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Painful memories that that night. That's why I thought this was
1: the first time. (laughs)
2: Ah, uh, yeah, that has painful memories. But, Terrence, how hey. have you been?
3: I've been great. I've been trying to watch as much Dark Knight Rises on Blu-ray as possible and all the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yep.
2: And don't you go on Christmas vacation um, on Monday?
3: Uh, next Friday, Friday. Oh, so.
2: next Friday. Yeah. Oh, so then you can finally get down to it and watch all of the 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 dark Knight
3: rises, right, yeah, for the 8th eight, or ninth time or tenth time, or, yeah. Have you watched the whole movie in slow motion yet all the way back. no, but I did the, the very first thing I did watch is I watched the the opening um in French after you talk about oh, yeah. the French bane, and that was pretty cool to hear it, the the French bane, and yeah, i had that's been driving. My family nuts because after you watch enough of it, you just want to walk around the house talking like Bane the whole time and <laughs> <laughs> annoying everybody. My dog, I, I look at my dog, and, <laughs> yeah, especially
0: when it's the French version. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> Extreme Mont Paul <pour> Vou <laughs> <Yeah>. Bonjour, Batman." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Monsieur <Miss> Wayne.
2: <win. laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. That came out, I guess. Um, and, uh Tim, you want us to talk about this?
0: Yeah, I just wanted to get your guys' opinion as far as how it compares to the other uh, DVDs and Blu-rays that we got for Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. For me personally, I think it's a big improvement over what we got for The Dark Knight. It wasn't just uh rehashed TV specials that they aired in 2008 that they stuck on the Blu-ray for The Dark Knight. We actually got some behind-the-scenes special features and documentaries that were new, which I thought were really cool. I mean, the whole the thing of ending the night I thought was really good, where it pretty much gave you a behind-the-scenes look at all the big action sequences and all the important scenes of the movie. And just watching it, and you just tell, like, all the effort and, like, passion they had to make this movie. I mean, every the detail that they went through to make these scenes work. Especially that opening sequence with Bane on the plane, just how easily they could have done it. Just, like, CG effects would just Get in, make CG model planes and CG model characters like shooting on the plane. But no, what they went to as far as like, getting those stunt guys, getting those planes and like, set pieces already. ready, it was just got kind of refreshing to see that, really, because you could just tell no one cares about it. He wants to make it look as realistic as possible, and I think it pays off in the end, definitely. So needless to say, I was pretty happy with the documentaries that we got on the Blu-ray side. How about you guys?
3: Yeah, I I agree, especially that that same one with the um the whole opening with the airplane sequence. It reminded me a lot of the um behind the scenes on the Lord of the Rings uh extended cuts where they didn't just use just CGI, they they tried to shoot as much as possible and just use CGI to enhance it or do the things that were just absolutely physically impossible in real life or with models. And um God it made me want um Nolan to direct the new Star Wars movie so bad because the, my biggest criticism of the, the prequels was that they relied on CGI too much and it was, you know, they used too much CGI and lost some of that realism and so I could just imagine him, you know, building all these models and sets and I mean, the sets, the behind the scenes the sets that they built were amazing Yeah, um, especially like Bane's Lair <laughs> Yeah, Bane's Lair, I could not believe that that was a set, when I, when I first saw the movie I thought for sure that was like, under the sewers in, in New York or Los Angeles or somewhere, I couldn't believe that that was something that they actually built in this giant airplane hangar. Um, and so I could just imagine him building these giant sets, like, the, the Batcave set was really cool too, how they showed how they built that with all the water in it and everything. Um, so imagine him building these, like, planet landscapes for Star Wars and then just adding in, you know, some CGI effects. But, um, yeah, it was pretty amazing. I I don't know how you could watch all that and not give The Dark Knight Rises all the respect for the filmmaking that went into it. Um yeah. as as far as the movie goes, the you know, the stuff that was shot standard looks pretty good, but the stuff that was shot in IMAX just looks amazing. You know, on the the I love how it um fills up the entire screen. Yeah, the, same here. I love
1: and that. And you don't have
3: the letterbox. Yeah, and um Man, Anne Hathaway in the Catwoman suit and the Get Up in the IMAX, she looks amazing. And, uh, uh, I just, yeah, I, I can't watch those IMAX scenes enough. And the, um, the, the fight scene with Batman and Bane in the, um, in the lair, just in the IMAX on the TV, looks fantastic. It looks flawless. Um, and, um,. Yeah, I just enjoy watching again and, and again on the on the Blu-ray. Um, I got the. Um, it's kind of funny. My wife actually got it for me on uh, at Target. She uh, she was going shopping, so she sent me a. I'm like, yeah, I got to get the Target exclusive. I'm like, I need the exclusive, and she had the circular, and it's got like a picture of Batman on it, but it's one of those motion. Um, Fronts, so it changes between oh, okay. Batman and Bane. Batman and Bane. So she went in and and she couldn't find it, and she sent me like a text and a picture of like the trilogy set. And she's like, "I like this cover better." <laughs> and I'm like, "No, don't!" I'm like trying to text her while I'm teaching. I'm like, "Don't get that one. That's the three set." And then, um, so she, she finally asked some guy, like, where are the ex- exclusives? I don't think we see any. And there was a whole big set of them. So she was going through it, but the angle she was, all she could see was the Bane cover. So she had to ask, and she's like, I want the Batman cover. What is the <laughs> Batman cover? And the guy had to be like, uh, ma'am, it changes from, and she's like, oh. so, and then it was like killer, like knowing that it was like sitting in my house, but I had to wait till I was done with work and everything. Oh, um, I don't know which, edition you guys got the target one has like a little comic book of the prologue which was kind of mediocre it was just it was nothing new it was just the prologue kind of shot by shot the artwork was okay if you were not a comic book fan this would not make you want to run out and buy a bunch of comics and then it just had a few pictures of some like production art but it really wasn't anything that like amazing that um that I you know blown away but I still had to get the the exclusive I couldn't just get the regular one oh, yeah, um, of course so, yeah but no I've I'm I, I was surprised I didn't think there'd be quite as many as special features um the one uh, down thing I had about the or the one knock I had on the special features was that it doesn't have a play all button so you know I like I'll put it on and go do something and then you got to come back and press the next one and press the next one but that's that's kind of minor really um, what was I was gonna, and then I forget what I was gonna say about the other <laughs> thing, but um, no, um, I I oh that's what I say. I it had a lot more um features than I suspect expected, and I really liked the um special on the Batmobile, and I had not yeah. seen that. That's about an hour long special on all the different Batmobiles and how they were built and all the production of it, and that was cool because it was. Really, kind of, anyone could watch it. was very age appropriate, so I could watch that with my stepdaughters, and there's some of the Batmobiles they had never seen before. So, like, what's that one? What's that one? Uh, and they even showed the Batman, the animated series one, which I was glad they, they included that and didn't leave it out. Yeah, same here. Yeah, yeah and, you know, I kind of, they, they kind of went through it a little quick, and I was just like, oh man, they went through that quick. But then I realized, like, well, that one they just drew. The other ones they actually had to build and make, and, um, I was shocked at how, high performance the Tumblr was. Like, I, they were doing that thing in, on, on off-road and jumps and doing all kinds of amazing stuff with that. I, I thought, you know, some of the things that I thought were CGI or just, like, special effects were actually the, what the Batmobile could do, so that was really cool. Um, but um, how about you, Dane, or which edition did you get, and what did you think of the, the Blu-ray?
2: Okay, so first I got the, uh, the digital download. Okay. And you know, I, mean, I was okay with that. I was just like, "Yes, yeah, this is good." I mean, so it's not you know seeing it in Blu-ray, but whatever. <laughs> but then I, of course, buckled, and then like <laughs> one o'clock in the morning, I went to a farm and I bought. <laughs> I, I bought the Blu-ray. <laughs> I was like okay, I I should buy this on Blu-ray right now. <laughs> I shouldn't wait. Why is this? But unfortunately, Tim, you yeah. know this. Uh,
1: <laughs>
2: I mean, I've had the um, the uh, the the Star Wars trilogy or the, the Star Wars complete Blu-ray set, and I still haven't gotten to um,
0: Stunts in the deleted scenes have you? <laughs> the, the deleted scenes,
2: <laughs> special features, and I've had it for like two months now, three months, and um, yeah, I I did not get to the special features. <laughs> <personally>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but at least you yeah. have it that's the important
2: thing <laughs> yeah at least i have it <laughs> i realized that um, tom hardy did a real good job with bane's voice i mean every time that i would hear the voice again i would fall even more and more and more and more in love with it so <laughs> yeah tom hardy know that voice for me
0: yeah that's yeah. I, the other thing i wanted to ask you guys did, I don't know how long it's been since you actually saw the movie the last time in theaters, but did you have any different reactions seeing it again? Like, did you like it even more, the same, or did certain things pop up that bugged you that didn't before?
1: The only thing
2: that bugged me was, um, you know when Batman's being chased by by all the cops and there's cops coming from both sides or both ways and he cut, he does the, um, that little skid thing where the wheels turn sideways? Ah. Uh-huh. I was like, man, that looks so fake on Blu ray. <laughs> really?
1: Hmm.
0: But,
2: but that's my only complaint. Yeah, I was like, oh, that looks so <laughs> fake. I didn't pick
0: up on that when I watched it, <laughs> but now that now that you mentioned it, I will probably. Yeah,
2: yeah, that that part and the the part where Catwoman does she, she does the big one um, at at the end when they're chasing um, Talia, was just like, man, they look so fake.
0: <laughs> yeah, not to say I haven't seen it again, Dane. You ruined the movie for me now. It's ruined <laughs> because you sent me a text saying that. When Batman's looking up uh, Selena Kyle's files on the computer, they misspelled the word.
2: Yeah, nice. it. yeah it's H-I-E-S. <laughs> I was like... The movie's
0: ruined that, now. It's yeah. not good. <laughs> it's like, how
2: can you screw that up? do yeah. I mean, you not have spell check on your computer? That. <laughs>
1: I'll
3: never look at it the same way again. <laughs> yeah, the, the one scene that bugs me, but I, I, I noticed it the second time I saw the movie... Um, and that is, that, that, uh, at Bane where he's at the stock exchange. You know, he, he comes in and it's like daylight and then they're downloading that thing. I think he says it takes eight minutes or 15 minutes. And then like it gets night really fast. Like the, the motorcycle race goes from daylight to all of a sudden they're chasing Batman at night really fast. And there's a scene in Batman begins that's kind of like that too, where, um, Bruce is telling, uh, Rachel that he was gonna kill uh Joe Chill and they they in their car ride goes from daylight to to nighttime really fast. So um I think but I think Nolan just takes some liberties with that, so it's not so bad. the other, The other thing too is I wondered with the after watching it on Blu-ray with the heist, where were the motorcycles? Because they like they come in and then all of a sudden they drive out in motorcycles, which I never realized. Like where, where were those exactly? Did they drive in with them? Did anybody notice four guys <laughs> driving to the stock exchange with motorcycles? But um, it's a big building, they were in the back yeah, that's what I figured, maybe <laughs> one guy had it in the parking garage or something So, but that kind of stuff, the movie's so good, I just kind of let that go but the the fight scene the middle fight scene is just, I mean, the more I watch that the more I just love the dialogue and, yeah, and it's, uh, it's amazing yeah, sure is
0: the only other little thing that I noticed too was uh, kind of the lip syncing was a little off and one only one part that I noticed was where, um Batman meets Catwoman to have her lead him to Bane. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, you see her, like, from the back of the head, you're looking at Batman, but she's talking, but you can't really see her mouth move, which is fine, but then she doesn't talk, and it's like for a split second, you see her mouth moving, but she's not saying anything. Okay. Like, it goes by real quick, but it's like something I noticed for the first time watching on the Blu-ray. I'll have to... Yeah,
2: w- yeah. Go. one thing I I, I noticed about
0: Selena uh, was...
2: You know that one scene where Batman shows up, and then um, she she's picking the picking the lock, and she's watching Batman on the TV.
1: Uh. hmm
2: She's wearing the high heels, but then when she's fighting like when she's fighting Bane's thugs with Batman, she she's wearing boots.
1: Really, I didn't notice. Yeah, that I, didn't,
2: I didn't notice that before. And I was like, hey, she's wearing boots. <laughs> I mean, they 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 make it a big thing, you know, with the stiletto and the knife. That you know, she's wearing high heels, but. I mean, I, I suppose it's really, really hard to find those things, so... <laughs> <laughs> she just took them off at the last like <laughs> She just took them off, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Or maybe they're like the Batman and Robin uh, boots where they have those ice skates come out and they just retract it back in. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that word. Thank yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, just watching it again, I think every time I see it, even though three times I saw it in the theater, just, I just like it more and more every time I see it. And I'm, I think I'm just about ready to place it as my second favorite in the trilogy, after Dark Knight.
1: <laughs>
2: well, yeah, Tim, how, how did your uh, mom and dad and your brothers react to it?
0: Yeah, I remember I was telling you, uh, I might have to do yeah. some defending about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because my, my older brother, when he first saw it, was a little disappointed with it, but he only saw it once. The way he saw it this time, um, you, I couldn't tell you, certain things that bug you probably make more sense when you see it again, and it did, he, I think he liked it better this time. That's good. Yeah, so then my parents who saw it for the first time, they really liked it. But <laughs> what at the end, well, my dad was saying that I just have a problem with how did uh, Bruce Wayne actually survive the plane crash because they said the autopilot wasn't working. Like, I was like, what? Didn't you see <laughs> yeah. that last scene where, <laughs> when Lucius Fox was with those mechanics telling him that Bruce Wayne made the patches? Oh, that's what that was. <laughs> like, is, is that part? Go, oh, okay, yeah, it's really good. <laughs>
3: That was like the one thing that bugs the had that said, no, there is a scene that explains all that. <laughs> yeah, you should have told him he didn't. That was just Alfred's imagination. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, which edition did you get? I got the
0: Best Buy exclusive, um, the one with the steel case.
3: Oh, was, cool, yeah.
0: I was going there. I should have pre-ordered. I didn't think it was going to be so short in supply, the one with that had the, the statue of the broken cow. That's what I was going there to get, but when I asked to get where is it? He said, that we had so limited supplies of those, like, you probably won't be able to find those (laughs) at any any of our stores. We maybe had, like, one or two in. And they just, of course, sold out like that. Of course, I didn't want to wait, so I just got (laughs) the exclusive steel case one that they had, which had the uh, extra bonus feature. I think it was, like, uh, The Journey of Bruce Wayne. It was pretty cool. It wasn't really anything new. They just took some of the special features, like, from Batman Begins to Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises and kind of combined them into one a special feature about Bruce Wayne and kind of his journey throughout the movies. It was cool to see it like that, but it was like nothing new that was on there.
3: Did you download that app for smartphones that goes with it or the second screen app? Yeah,
0: I got to tell you, I hate those things. I mean, okay,
3: when you're watching a movie, and the last thing I want to do is watch
0: a movie, then go to my phone, see what that says, and then look back up at the screen. It's like... <laughs> Should this? they have special features on their like your phone or your tablet? Just put that on the disc as its own special feature. I hate those interactive things that you have like a small screen on the TV while you're watching the main movie. Just put that as a regular documentary feature. Those special features always bug me.
3: Yeah, I couldn't really get it to work right with the whole thing. And then the video that was on the app was just behind-the-scenes videos that were on the Blu-ray anyway, so there was nothing. I didn't see anything that was new in the app. It just kind of recycling the stuff that was already out there
0: yeah I think that's a wasted feature yeah the best thing about the app was that it had like a preview of some of the documentary stuff before the blu ray actually came out and we got the preview it that was about the only thing it was worth for yeah
2: another thing I wanted to ask you guys was there anything um, that you that you um, that you noticed that you didn't notice when when you first saw the the movie in the theater? That you saw on the the Blu-ray that you liked, was there
0: anything that you guys saw? Um, For me, not really, not nothing that's like really good and cool. I never noticed that before. It was a negative thing that I was talking about, like the (laughs) lip-syncing, the stuff that I noticed. Like I noticed the mistakes more than like anything new and different. But
3: yeah, no, I didn't really notice notice anything. The only thing I, I think I look at the whole, the whole uh, Bruce Wayne with the investment in the clean energy and it makes this device that turns into the bomb that the more I see that part of it, the more it kind of um seems to have a little plot holes. It just kind of, you know, the first time I saw it, I just wasn't even thinking. And I, you know, they mentioned like clean energy stuff and I, I didn't even think that would play a part into it. And then the, the more I kind of see that, I kind of, well, what is this all about? Why would he have that down there? And all, you know, why for the bomb and stuff, but that's kind of, yeah, I just kind of overlook it because the Bane stuff is so cool. So and the Catwoman stuff's so cool. It's like, ah, whatever. They need they need some way to have a bomb. But if you really sit and think about it, it just doesn't make any sense that you know the, the whole thing. But you're like, ah, whatever. It, it's cool.
2: Well, I mean, for me, um, I was kind of closeted about this before because I know Tim was a big fan of it, and Tim, like you know, my relationship with Star Wars. And the thing that I keep secret. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs>
2: um, the the first time I saw the Bane and Batman fight in the sewers, I I, I didn't like it.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I am hurt.
2: Yeah, I I, <laughs> I don't know. I I just felt that it went too quick, and Bane was just mumbling about something, and I don't know. I. I I just didn't like it, but. Okay, good, um, I
0: was waiting for the butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But,
2: but watching it on Blu-ray, um, yeah, that's, that's everything that Tim says it is. <laughs>
0: there you go, there's the right spot. Yeah, that's,
2: it's everything that you say it is, Tim.
0: It only took you, what, 11 viewings? <laughs> yeah, it
2: only took me 11 viewings, but I finally got the point. <laughs> um, but, yeah, was there anything else you guys wanted to talk about with the,
3: with the Blu-ray? Well, I'd just say, you know, that Bane-Batman fight was so hyped because even, I think, I think it was the teaser trailer, maybe in the first trailer, where they showed, like, Bane coming towards him and Batman was, like, backing up. Yeah. And it was just, like, I think on another podcast, Dane, you said you, like, jumped out of your seat or something when you saw it. Uh, the uh, So there was that anticipation of, oh, is this going to be the payoff that we expect? And, uh That that was definitely it. The one thing I did notice that I hadn't noticed in the theater is that that fight, Bane is just so controlled. He's, like, so calm, and he'll take Bruce Wayne's or Batman's punches, and he'll, like, he's very strategic with his his blows and he's kind of taunting him and you know but the one time when batman is just like uh the league of shadows is a group of psychopaths you can just see he like he just loses it yeah. and just like that's like the one moment where he just goes off and is just pure rage and then he like controls himself against like i am the league of shadows you know and it, it's like oh that that just that being in control for so much and just that one where he actually does lose it i think is just amazing for, um, them to pull that off like that, especially since he's wearing a mask, so you can't really see much of his face, so it's all done with body language. Um, but yeah, for me, that, that fight, and then the fact that he, he picks him up and breaks him on his knee right out of the comic book, I just, I never thought I'd, I never thought I'd see that in animation, and they did it in the, the animated series, although Batman kind of comes out. A lot better than that. Yeah, he <laughs> that, cut the tube right before he yeah. got the snap. <laughs> but I remember seeing that. I think I was in college when that first came out, and just like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is in a cartoon. And they're, they're doing that, and then to do it in a movie, too, was was classic. Yeah, I've mean, I done this
0: before. When I first saw it in theaters for the first time, like, I did not expect them to do that. Right when you, you see him punch Batman in the cowl, and he's just lying there. I thought that was it. That was the end of the fight. It was a cool fight, a good way to end it. But then when you lifted him up, I'm like, oh, man, this just got even better. Yeah.
2: <laughs> All right, so is there anything else you guys want to say about that?
0: Uh, just that as good as this one was, so this Blu-ray release was, I can't wait for the Ultimate Collector's Edition. I mean, kind of first anxious to see what actually is going to be on there. <laughs> but they kind of have to put something on there. Yeah. If you buy it. I'm just hoping commentaries and... Maybe deleted <laughs> scenes. At least so your hopes up, Tim. Just
2: keep to yourself for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some kind of announcement. Um, that's, but, the, that's the ultimate for a reason. So. <laughs> yeah. But uh, speaking of announcements, uh, it's a pretty big announcement. I, I honestly didn't see this coming. I mean, even though the book wasn't that good, but. Uh, Gail Simone has been kicked off uh Batgirl. Um, she apparently got an email uh, a couple weeks ago or whatever uh, from the new Batgirl editor, Brian Cunningham, who informed her that she was no longer the writer of Batgirl. Uh, she says it's baffling and sad. So, yeah, I didn't see this coming. I guess this new editor just wanted to take the book in a new direction.
0: Yeah, just... This- this is weird how it all played out. I think more than anything is what's surprising. It's like it's all through her uh, tweets, and then just how like she just got an email. It wasn't like during a meeting or a phone call, but just by an email saying, "Okay, you're off that girl." It's like <laughs> weird how DC, DC was handling this.
2: Yeah, she she doesn't have another DC project, does she?
3: No, no. Uh-huh.
2: It's just that she's not writing Suicide Squad anymore, is she? No, uh-huh.
3: she no. she she never wrote it. Um. Since the oh reboot, so, yeah, yeah! I mean, um, Secret Six, are thinking
2: of? Yeah, yeah. Secret Six was it that she wrote?
3: Yeah. Oh, I see. And that ended with the new Fifty Two. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it was it was surprising for me. I mean, I I, I thought she had a lot of fans that were buying her book and re- really really dug it. I mean, we didn't. I mean, I can't say we, but I I didn't like her writing, but um,
0: so, yeah,
1: you know, you know it
2: was just kind of surprising.
1: That was kind
0: of surprising, too. I mean, pretty much just talking to you, Dane, and then like, it was, um, the other uh, Baton Incubus podcast, how there's a lot of disappointment with the Bad girl title. But when this was announced, like, I just realized how much people liked it, really, and that it had a really strong fan base, and it was selling good, too. So, I mean, she got strong support from everybody, like all her fans and everything. So
2: Right, and she has a big fan following. Yeah. Uh, Gil Simone, so... I mean, I'm sure wherever she pops up next, she's going to have no problem with fans.
0: I think a few days later, like, she sent out um, some more tweets, kind of, like, giving an update of what's going on. Like, saying she's off Batgirl, but she might be doing other other titles with it, with Barbara, but she didn't really say what. But it's, I think she's not, like, officially done with DC or anything just yet. That's good. I mean... But are you happy now, Dane?
2: <laughs> um... You see, it's hard to tell because she was really hit and miss for me. Some of her issues I liked, but then most of them I didn't. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think I'm really going to miss her, (laughs) to be honest.
0: (laughs) It was stupid, too. I mean, you know how rumors start and everything. And then there was stuff going around saying, oh, this is all Scott Snyder's doing. It was him who told the new editor to get rid of Gail Simone. Like, it was just like, secret agenda that he had going on. It was <laughs> all Snyder, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> so then she sent down a tweet out about saying, like, dispelling that rumor and saying, like, that's so far from accurate. Like, Snyder has been, like, one of my biggest supporters yeah, of yeah. me. So, like. yeah,
2: this is so far from accurate. I can't even say, uh, all in caps, I had lots of people stand up for me. Scott Snyder went to war for me, so... Not I, think, him.
0: <laughs> I think I know who started that rumor. Rob Life Life uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Still all salty about uh, his sales on what did he write? Um, Grifter and yeah, I think
3: he worked. Hawking Dove. He started on Hawking Hawk and and Dove, <laughs> and that was so bad. That was the. Oh. The only thing I read well, his you, was
2: uh, You read
3: it? yeah, uh, I, I, I read all eight issues of it because um, I was buying. Uh, through the subscription, you, I was buying all 52 for, I think, the first eight or nine months, and uh yeah, I, it was a struggle to read it, but I read it. <laughs> it, was, it was bad. Oh, man. The
0: only thing I read it is, was when he took over Deathstroke for a few issues after Kyle Higgins, and you definitely notice the dip in quality of the stories once once he took over for Kyle Higgins. Yeah. Anyways, the, the, the next writer to take over
2: uh the the Batgirl ongoing will be Ray Fox, who wrote Justice League Dark. Just for
1: right um, now, I think it's only uh, for two issues, though. Yeah, is yeah, two you know.
2: issues. Um, and he, I, I, I guess if it's good, he might stay on longer. That's what it says. I
0: do know, you'd think they'd have this planned out by now, though, as far as he's <laughs> going to be taken over after that. Right.
3: Well, it's interesting, because Gail Simone, since issue one, has been hinting with Batgirl that there's some great story about how she got a miracle and that's how she could walk again. And now she's not going to be able to tell that story. And so I don't know if they're just going to kind of gloss over it and, or if someone else is going to tell the story of the miracle. And so I wonder how different that will be from what Gail Simone was thinking of. But, I mean, she had 16 issues to tell it. Yeah. Told it. So I was like, <laughs> come on. And the thing I didn't get too is it said that that Fox guy wrote Justice League Dark, but he hasn't written any of the issues of Justice League Dark, so I don't know if he's taking over that at some point or if that was uh, misinformation in the um, uh, uh, article because it, the Justice League Dark started Milligan was writing it, and I did not like it. It was not it was very muddled. It was not very good, and then um, Jeff Lemire took it over. And it's been awesome since he took it over. He just, like, totally um just reinvented the team and the story and the structure, and it's been fantastic. So I'd hate to see him leaving, Um but he's been getting – he's been kind of moving up the charts on DC, so I think he's going to be getting yeah. some higher-profile titles. Uh But his writing on everything – because he left Frankenstein, which it seems goofy, but that was a great title, which is being canceled, I think, next month – Um but yeah, hopefully they've got something really good in store store for uh, Batgirl. But you know, I bet you stuff like this happens all the time. It's just Gail Simone just immediately tweeted how upset she was and how shocked, and all. You know, if she would have just kind of not tweeted it, I'm sure because artists and writer and and everybody changes all the time in books. I think this got a little more press because she's got a big fan base and she immediately was out on Twitter venting about it. Because if you read her tweets – and in a day or two, her tone like completely changed. And then she was like, "Oh, I love DC, and I love all the people, and I love everybody, and I'll work some more." But like a day earlier, she was like, "The hell with all of you, and I'm I'm doing creator-owned for now on, and all this stuff." So um, I'm sure she'll be around. But I've been disappointed in her. Right? She also started doing uh, the Fire Firestorm for the New 52. That's still around. That's <laughs> not like I, I can't. Or is it going i i can I think I don't know I know Dan Jurgens took it over. I haven't read it since probably issue seven or eight, but it it was it was pretty bad. She was writing it with Ethan van skyver who his art is great um and the, actually the story he wrote on his own was better but yeah the, it, it just wasn't very good, so I don't know she, she kind of i i don't i i kind of didn't, didn't see what the the lust was with her, I, and I think part of it too is I keep comparing this Batgirl to the Brian Q. Miller run with Stephanie Brown, and I, Brian Q. Miller's run was so much better. And I probably a lot of people who are reading Batgirl right now didn't read the Stephanie Brown issues, so you know my hope is that this new editor <laughs> wants to bring Stephanie Brown back. <laughs> that might just be a pipe dream, yeah.
0: Hey, maybe Brian Q. Miller could go back. <laughs>
3: Yes,
2: please, please bring (laughs) Brian Q. Miller back. No, we don't want to take him away from Smallville now. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, screw Smallville. Who cares (laughs) about that? (laughs) That Batgirl.
0: That's been pretty good.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, if Scott Snyder can write like four books a month, I think he can too, so.
0: (laughs) Right, right.
2: Um, Anyways. (laughs) Sad news, but let's get on to some happier news, Tim. (laughs) <laughs> bringing us down and everything. Sorry, um, the I'm ba- down here. <laughs> the, the, the Batman solicitations for March. And I have to say, the Red Hood cover, I might just pick that up. <laughs> that looks awesome. Yes, it does. Yes, two
0: good covers yeah. in a row, February and March, from the last month's solicitations.
2: <laughs> yeah, it looks... Oh, with the, with the red bloody bat, si- bat sign. And
3: Looks like it could be a movie poster uh, They make a Red Hood movie. <laughs> is what
2: it right, was. right. Who did that? Uh, oh, Miko Suyan.
3: Yeah, the only oh. problem is it's a different artist than the cover artist, so the interior is not going to look that way, but <laughs> it might be worth it just for the cover, yeah.
2: Timothy Green the second.
0: I have trust in him. He has a good first name, so... <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, I don't know about the, you guys.
2: The, um...
1: Oh. I'm sorry. Oh, I was go gonna ahead. say
3: i just i I don't know about you guys, but i just looked at the solicitations, I was like, all right well, who's still alive who, who yeah, the joker kill or not kill and it looks like everybody still made it. I didn't see on the list anything with um Tim Drake, but then over at the d c comics website, the solicitations for teen Titans it says he's still alive. it says like they don't know his status after what the Joker did to him, but he's still alive, and the same thing with um the Red Hood, um, is it, it just says Jason Todd suffered terribly at the hands of the Joker. So, um, That's what I
0: said about everybody. They suffered terribly. Yeah. Now they're dealing
3: with it. But So there's, they're still around. There's Dick Grayson and there's <laughs> Barbara Gordon. But um, I have a feeling that one of these characters is going to be killed in the last panel of one of the issues, and then the next issue they'll be revived or resurrected or it was a fake death to trick the Joker or something because uh, it seems like they're all here. So, <laughs> And there's um, Damien is there too in Batman and Robin. So. I hope they don't do that. I mean, if anything,
0: to me, it just makes me think it could be maybe just two other people, either Alfred or maybe uh, Commissioner Gordon. But I'm kind of leaning towards more Alfred. because it kind of big if you go with the title, Death of the Family, pretty much everyone centers around Alfred. Like they all look to him as that father figure. He kind of, like, represents the Bat family, if, if you will. Like, if he dies, that yeah, kind of would be the death of the family.
3: It's true. There's, there's no mention of Alfred anywhere. Yeah. Sorry, I was, there's no mention of Alfred anywhere, although Alfred doesn't get a lot of mention in the solicitation yeah. <laughs> or on the cover. There's not a lot of action shots of Alfred delivering the bowl of soup in the bad cave. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's been such a long, you know, I don't know if they could kill Alfred. That would be
0: a big change. I mean, the description for uh, – Batman um, number eighteen it says, "In the wake of an unspeakable tragedy, Batman is in danger of losing his humanity." With that description, they kind of would think if Alfred dies, that would cause Batman maybe to lose his humanity. Can yeah. you
2: imagine the backlash? Yeah, if that um,
0: were to happen. I mean, yeah, Bruce would wouldn't be the same for sure.
2: No, no, no. I mean,
0: the fan backlash. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it could. I mean, they've never done anything as far as at least what I remember with Alfred being. Gone or dead for a while Where you know in comics They always come back But It might be right. a good Change for the For Bruce's story And all the back character story If he, if he was died Is to see How much of an effect that's going to have on everybody
2: Yeah and, and you know what's so great um, Well I mean You wouldn't know this Tim But Terrence It's so great that Batwoman is just by herself And like <laughs> yeah. Has nothing to do With the death of, <laughs> death of the family It's just so great to see that.
3: Yeah.
2: I
0: have to say, the cover for Batwoman 18 looks really cool. With the flames Uh, and Mr. Freeze. It's not J.H. Williams, but it's still
2: free. Trevor McCarthy does a good job.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it seems like he steps up his game, too, when he's in Batwoman because he knows he's got to follow in some big footsteps. But that was intriguing because it says a new story arc begins here as Batwoman adjusts to her new partner. So who's that new partner? That's, I don't know if, I mean, it looks like Mr. Freeze in the background, (laughs) so he'll be the villain.
2: Flamebird.
3: Flamebird. There's the flames. Ice,
2: flame. Yeah. (laughs) Or Diana.
3: Yeah. (laughs) I doubt it, though. Um, But if it's Flamebird, I wonder, is she going to, you know, have some kind of interaction with her father and... um, have maybe some resolution or mend some fences with him or not? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. That's what I was just gonna say. Maybe Flamebird is the one that brings him back together again.
3: Yeah. So that I'm interested. That'll that'll be a good issue. That I'm, I know they'll do that good and the right way. So that'll be good. It won't right. be cheesy.
2: So, did you guys like anything else on on the solicitations for March?
0: Glad we got another uh, twisted psychedelic. Dark Knight cover with the Mad Hatter <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys remember this uh, old uh, Tom Petty of the Heartbreakers music video like that yeah. set in Alice in Wonderland and he's like the Mad Hatter and Alice is like a cake and like cutting her up and <laughs> then yeah. serving cake and it kind of reminded me of that it's like you're going to do the same thing where Batman's a big piece of cake
3: <laughs> yeah that was for don't come around here
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just hope that we get that Mad, Hats, Mad Hatter story does get as the Scarecrow story because he's another underrated <laughs> Batman villain I don't know if I like the Mad
2: Hatter. I, I mean, I, th- I think I've said that before, but... Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't like the Mad Hatter.
0: <laughs> yeah, the other covers, I think, are pretty standard, so nothing really jumps out. Yeah. Yeah, we should just move on. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Bat characters swinging over the skyscrapers. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Just swinging.
2: <laughs> That's pretty much all you need in a Batman cover or a Bat book cover. Just people
3: swinging for no reason. <laughs> I'm intrigued by Catwoman too because it's Catwoman and Batman spend a night at the museum fighting over stolen art. I'm like, oh how it's kind of like the train wreck. Like I don't want to watch, but how bad could this be? This is going to be Catwoman number bad. one. Yeah, <laughs> he even says
0: that they're guest starring Batman. Like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's never shown up in the Catwoman title before. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice cover though. I really like that cover with the whip
2: all over the place. Yeah. Um. Okay, so so next up we have uh, Batman number 18 will get a guest artist. And the guest artist is Andy Kubert and Sandra Hope. And just judging from the cover, oh no, that's by Greg Capullo. That's a Capullo cover. Yeah. Oh, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what do you guys think? Good replacement for Capullo for an issue?
3: I hope so, because Andy Kubert I loved his art in Flashpoint, and it was real kind of real- clean and crisp and looked a lot like uh jim lee's art a bit but um I've been reading um the before Watchmen series and he's doing uh Night owl and it looks like a completely different artist it's it's very uh it's kind of sloppy looking almost like Frank Millerish. And I don't know how much of that is because of different inkers or if he's trying to do a different style for the um, Before Watchmen series. So if it looks like his Flashpoint stuff, I'll be real happy, and that's that's good. If it looks like the Before Watchmen stuff, then I'll be just waiting for Greg Capullo to come back as fast (laughs) as possible. And it's even a different... uh, um, I'm sorry, Dane. I was going to say, it's even a different backup artist, too. It's not Jock. It's Alex Malev. So that's a little disappointing Because I'm loving jock stuff In the back of Batman
0: yeah, The good thing about it though is it's, it's just one issue So if there's like a permanent replacement It'd probably be like a um, Little disappointment <laughs> Like Greg Capullo's going to be off it But we already had this with, uh, with Batman number 12 With uh, Becky Clinton doing the art That was fine So if it's just one like, villain story I don't think it should be a big deal And like you, Terrence, I like his art in uh, Flashpoint's but I haven't read the Before Watchmen stuff, so <laughs> if it's like Flashpoint, I'll be happy. I don't think it'll be a big big deal. That is not Greg Capullo for one issue.
3: And, and it's funny, you mentioned the the last fill-in, Becky Cloonan, with issue 12, because in the solicitations it says, Fan-favorite character, Harper Rowe, returns. <laughs> I was like, Finally. Yeah, I was like, who is Harper Rowe? I couldn't. No, and no, then no. Don't, don't. Up, and she was in 12 there. She was That yes, yeah, so I remember yeah, that. You I'm, don't yeah. like Harper Rowe? I, no, I, I, I really, really like her. Harper Rowe. Good oh, in her. the issue. I just couldn't. Re- I couldn't remember. Her. She's <laughs> oh, only been in that one issue, right? Is that right? Or
0: and a little bit in Batman number six. She's oh, the one who revived right? him when he got out of the Court of Owls' lair. That's the first time we saw her, but we knew nothing about her until. Okay. Yeah, it's was kind of
2: su- funny because I, I was just um, talking to Tim, to Tim about this. Like Harper Roll would make a good um, Robin or Batgirl. Is is what yeah. I think.
0: I told you more of a Robin. I, I could see her.
2: Yeah, yeah. More of a Robin. But she, she'd make a good bat girl. I mean, kind of like a Stephanie Brown kind of bat
0: girl. See, you don't need Stephanie Brown now. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: maybe, maybe here's the conspiracy. Maybe Scott Snyder wants her to be the new bat girl, and Gail Simone didn't. And uh, that's why Scott <laughs> Snyder got her kicked off bat girl.
2: <laughs> or, or maybe Harper Rowe is really Stephanie Brown. Hmm. but she's using Harper Row as a alias.
0: Yeah. So when she goes, she's uh, Bruce is going to leave her package, she goes to pick it up, she's not going to use her real name? <laughs> the person <laughs> yeah, she has her <laughs> no Well, I like your real name, Stephanie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Anyways, um, I guess we can move on to some, some more Dark Knight Rises news. Um, first Speaking up, we have... <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, speaking of that, um, apparently, like, there was this rumor that Joseph Gordon Levitt was gonna be appearing in Man of Steel at the end as Batman. He's gonna have a little cameo. But, um, what did Christopher Nolan say, Tim?
0: Yeah, this is like, of course, when I first like, that's not gonna happen. Then we have all those rumors that he's gonna be Batman in Justice League. But then, uh, during an interview, someone asked Christopher Nolan, about that and he actually didn't deny it all he said was "Uh, i can't talk about that you know that and he had like a coy smile on his face (laughs) the interviewer said so this kind of got everyone thinking oh he didn't deny it is this possibly true so that's kind of the typical answer you say to a rumor that you know is true but you can't confirm it which is getting kind of everyone and myself included thinking oh maybe there is some truth to that or there is something about the Man of Steel And tying him with the whole Justice League universe That's going to be in the movie So I don't know I just sketchy thinking
2: still I don't think he's going to be Appearing in uh, <laughs> Man of Steel Because if you think about it if, if Man of Steel Is going to be The Superman Superman Begins Pretty much <laughs> um, The Batman Begins movie Was f- solely focused on Bruce Wayne Batman So I mean I, I I can't see them Opening that up At the end of that movie
0: Well, I'd say this, if Christopher Nolan wasn't involved as producer or nothing, and this was all on DC, I think for sure they're going to have something at the ending that's going to kind of foreshadow the Justice League. But the fact that Christopher Nolan is involved, and he said so many times that his trilogy is like its own universe, there's no other DC heroes, it's just Batman. That's where it makes you think that, no, you're not going to expect that. But just the fact that he didn't deny it, he said, I can't talk about that. It just seems weird. (laughs) Like, maybe he's messing with us and he's just having fun with it. Because <laughs> he knows how all of us, like, the search for rumors He's kind of going to lead us on and have some fun since he's not, it's not really his movie anymore, but.
2: <laughs> yeah, if I was Christopher Nolan, I would just screw with fans all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> I would just be like. <laughs> yeah, Batgirl's in my uh, new Bat- Batman movie. Um, she's going to be played by um, Alicia, Alicia Silverstone. And um, there's going to be gray, or, uh, not gray, (laughs) Um, yeah, gray batsuits and stuff, and they're going to change costumes, like, five times.
3: (laughs) And boots with ice skates. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Uh. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, there's also this rumor plot for a Justice League movie from... Um, what's the name of that site, Tim? LatinoReview.com
0: There it is, yes. <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> the most random name in the world, but <laughs> they, 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 they're they apparently very reputable.
1: Yeah, I was right? going to say, yeah,
0: they are pretty reliable. They're the first ones who broke that Heath Ledger was cast as a Joker before it was officially announced, so they do have some credit. And basically, I think they're saying that Justice League, which was kind of rumored already that they're planning on Dark Side to be the main villain of it. But then that it might be based off uh, comic series Justice League of America 183 to 185, which is kind of your typical like, uh, alien takeover the world plot where the like, Dark Side is trying to do something to destroy the Earth so we can move Apocalypse closer to, to Earth's atmosphere, like or where Earth's at in the galaxy. And so, if there are going to go some with Dark Side, I hope it's a better plot than that, where just an alien destroying Earth <laughs> and the superheroes have to team up and stop them which is what we already saw on Avengers, pretty much.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I just hope yeah. there's more to it. I think it would be cool if it's something where he's there for Superman, where he's not trying to conquer the Earth, but he's trying to take on Superman or get Superman to join his side, and, like, he takes for his hostage or something. Something to the fact where he's there for Superman and not just, uh, I'm taking over the world, or I'm going to destroy the world because I'm evil. I
2: don't know. I mean, I I I think this has rotten, stuck all over it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm a DC fan, but I don't know. It just, it just seems like a very bad idea.
3: Yeah, and I, are they going to have an actor play Darkseid, or is it just going to be all CG? Or That's, that's going to be interesting to no, see. I think all CG. Just make it CG yeah.
0: and have Michael Ironside do his voice. He'll be fine.
3: <laughs> I think the, the Justice League movie needs to have Starro, a big giant starfish. <laughs> That'll get everybody's attention. <laughs>
2: There's one way to be different from the Avengers. Yeah.
0: <laughs> star- <laughs> That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> you want to differentiate yourself from the Avengers? Have a big star, bitch.
2: <laughs> All right, so next up we have, I mean, I guess the the, the Young Justice uh, show got taken off the air. Sorry, I, I, I don't really watch it. And the Green Lantern uh, show got taken off the air. For yeah, a little bit, and
0: it's coming back in January. Yeah, it was so stupid how it happened. I mean, they had the season premiere, the two episodes later, that went on hiatus out of nowhere. Like we said before, yeah, every DVR that we had set up to record it recorded something else. It was just like very last minute, they didn't say anything, but now they officially said it's coming back December fifth or January fifth. Finally, ah, <laughs> oh, Cartoon Network.
2: What are you doing?
0: <laughs> that's what I want to know. I was kind of thinking, though, that they were holding off and airing the new episodes again until uh, they're going to premiere Beware the Batman, because you know it's going to be on DC's Nation when of it course. does premiere. Yeah. I thought maybe they were holding those shows off to have it with Beware the Batman, but obviously that's not going to happen. I mean, we still don't know when Beware the Batman is going to premiere, so. To still know, I still don't get why they did this.
2: Yeah, and. And the thing too is, I mean, people were people were watching Young Justice and the um, Green Lantern yeah. and animated series, right? So, did Cartoon Network just kill the audience for that?
0: The thing, I'm like, they changed their whole Saturday morning structure because they moved Clone Wars to Saturday morning, which was the lead into right. DC Nation, but that only lasted two weeks. So when they stopped these episodes, with the rest of the episodes of Green Lantern and Young Justice, so. Like I said, it's still a mystery why they did that. And then, then I thought, oh, maybe they're going to let it have, like, Clone Wars have, like, be the dominant show for Saturday mornings, and then when that goes on break, they'll bring back DC Nation. But Clone Wars is on break right now, and it's coming back when DC Nation comes back. So it's going to yeah. be that lead-in again. So. <laughs> so I don't get why they did this in the first place. Just glad it has the shows show so, so tend- there was <laughs> Yeah. So, so there was no
2: explanation whatsoever why... Cartoon Network took off Green Lantern and Young Justice.
1: Nope. Nothing. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: and they, they left it on such good episodes, too, where it's like, Oh, ah, <laughs> uh, so it, it, it was
2: getting good. And then <laughs> and then they, they they just pulled it.
1: Yeah, it
0: was like, ah, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but it was available as episodes that were supposed to air the day they put it on hiatus. They were available on iTunes for, like, one weekend. So a lot of people can't see them. <laughs> so,
2: so they're not available right now. Then
0: I believe they took them off. Yeah. So when they air again in January, you'll be able to download them again. But I think most <laughs> die-hard fans seen these episodes already. So,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and they're like the best episodes of the season so far for you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. So what? Actually, when it does come back, it's not really going to be a new episodes since we got to see him by download, <laughs> so we're not going to be in the
2: <laughs> So you pretty much seen the the. I'm guessing it's going to be called like a season premiere or something. Yeah, something. We've already seen it's that. <laughs> uh, that sucks. Um. Yeah. So 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 was there anything else you you guys wanted to talk about or ever? <laughs>
3: No, the whole DC Nation thing, I just say that I think the whole mystery is they didn't give a reason, so everyone's kind of, if they just said the reason why, I'd just be like, oh, okay, but because they were so coy about it, it's kind of intrigued people, but other than that, it's probably just a standard, some lame TV excuse.
0: Yeah, what they replaced it with, like, the How to Train the Dragon TV show, or something to that, so it's like, yeah, such a mess. (laughs)
3: It was funny on the other podcast that you guys always uh promote that Batgirl to Oracle. She was ta- – I was listening to that. And she was talking. She was complaining all about it. But she's like, but I I watch that. I do like that show anyway, and I watch How to Train Your Dragon all the time. <laughs> but I was just surprised it wasn't on at the right time. So, But I don't think I've ever seen that show or will. So
0: yeah, I didn't even know that was a show. I, I remember yeah. seeing previews of the movie, but <laughs> I didn't know it was an actual TV show.
2: All right, so with that, I guess we can finally get into some comic reviews. Right, Tim?
0: Let's do it. Even though there weren't and... really that many good titles coming out this past two weeks, I mean, will probably be quick. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: so, our rating system for this week, or this episode, is going to be special features on blu Ridge Dane hasn't watched yet.
0: Which is like every Blu ray that you own pretty much.
2: (laughs) You're right about that, Tim.
1: Um, Don't know what you're missing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) For december fifth, we have Batwing number fifteen and Detective Comics number fifteen. For december twelfth, we have Batgirl number fifteen, Suicide Squad number fifteen, Batman and Robin number fifteen, and Batman number fifteen. Um, so for December 5th, um, can I just start us off with battling number 15? Cause this mine is really, really lightning fast short. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> yeah. I'm so over the story. I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm kind of glad it's, it's kind of over and, um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not going to miss it. Um, the art was pretty good though, even though it wasn't Margus Toe. Uh, still like the art, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of over this this father lost story. I mean, it's, it, especially in this one issue where it was so so dialogue heavy with the the father lost guy going off on how he came to the religion stuff and all of that stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm I, I'm probably gonna give this um, two special features on Blu-rays. Dane hasn't watched yet.
1: i
0: was pretty much gonna give the exact same review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like you said, it kind of has a typical ending of what you expected, this kind of story that you weren't really into in the first place. You know, like, Batwing gets taken over again, but then he overcomes it with a new technology in his suit that prevents him from being, his mind being controlled, and to stop Father Lost. Yeah, but like you said, Dane, I did like the art of this issue. You know how much I hate the Batwing suit. <laughs> but he did have some cool-looking shots where he kind of looked more like Batman, especially that one panel where he's standing on the building that his father lost, is hanging on right above the moon. I think that was a really cool shot, probably the best-looking shot of the Batwing costume there is. <laughs>
1: Cause
2: yeah, yeah, and that scene was pretty good, too. I mean, I, I I don't like the issue, but that scene is pretty good where he's like, I shouldn't save him, but I'm going to save him anyway, or, so, yeah. or, or something like that. Yeah. I, I just thought that was a great scene. I,
0: I did like the story they were trying to, or the themes they were trying to get across in this issue where it's like, but father lost is because he suffered so much. His goal is to make everyone suffer like he has. But then at the end you get the contrast with Batwing saying, with all the suffering that I've endured, I want to make sure to prevent it from anyone from that suffering to happen to anyone else. I mean it had a good theme going there, but it really wasn't executed well in the overall story with the whole father lost thing. So I'm pretty much in agreement with you, Dane. I'm probably gonna give it two special features that Dane hasn't seen out of five.
3: Yeah, I I pretty much agree with you guys. They they start off with that girl Rachel uh, with that sword right through her, and all this blood, and I just thought, Man, how many times have we seen someone in the last few months in a comic get stabbed with a wound that no one could ever humanly possibly survive from? From Batman in the Court of Owls to uh, Robin, I think had it, and the, and then at the end of the issue, they're they're fine and they just you know get stitched up. And yeah. I know it's just a comic, but after a while, it gets a little cliched and a little ridiculous. Um the thing that gave me hope is this was the new writer, Fabian Nicienza. So I wondered how much of this story Judd Winnick had um already plotted out and he was filling in pieces of it, or how much did he come up with this completely on his own and have to end Judd Winnick's story. It's very very odd that they would change writers with one chapter to go in a story. Yeah. Um, so if he had to sort of come up with all this on his own and end it on his own and kind of drew it out because he wanted to start fresh the, the next issue, then I have some hope for this title in um, issues to come. So, um, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt and, and keep reading it and hope it, it improves, uh, because if, you know, he was just handed Judd Winnick's pile of garbage and <laughs> this is what he came up with, it was pretty good, um, even if some parts really dragged and and were kind of out there i do feel that uh, batwing has more in common with iron man than batman he kind of i just so much is the suit and depending on the suit and um not much of the actual man part of it but um yeah like you i would give this two special features that on a blu-ray that dane has had for months but hasn't watched yet <laughs> so probably um, um so yeah i'm in agreement <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm hoping too, like you said, the next story arc I think sounds pretty good anyway, story-wise, where I think it's supposed to be like David going up against all the cops that he's working with, how he's not on the take, but the rest of the cops are dirty pretty much, and they go up against Batwing, so I think story-wise has the potential to be something different for the Batwing title, and hopefully it'll be a lot better than we got with this father lost storyline, so I'm hoping for the best.
3: Yeah, because if they're going to make the Batman of Africa, it should have to do with stuff... In Africa and things going on in Africa, and you know it can't you know solve all the problems, but it, it this book has not had an African feel to it at all. Um, and Except I'm for mad- the first arc, I would say. With- yeah, I shouldn't say that. You're right. That first arc was pretty good with the the whole refugee and the the war, the children in the war and everything. Mm-hmm. But I'd say maybe the last few issues. Ever since he went to Gotham and the Batman Incorporated and joined the Justice League International and all that, it's it's lost that. So yeah, you're right, but hopefully it'll get... Corrupt police is definitely a, a problem in Africa, and that would be a good good one for him to sort of be on both sides of the fence there with that and, and see what happens.
1: Yep. Alright,
2: so Detective Comics number 15. Um, and Tim. I, would, I
3: yeah, I was really interested. No, 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 no
2: not you first. No, not, not you turns.
1: No, but James I was just first. gonna
3: say last time Tim didn't Tim didn't like it as much, and I liked it, so I was just real interested to see if, if what he no. thought of this one. Yeah. So yeah, no, I'll let Tim go first. But I was just saying, I was saying, oh, I'm very curious as I was reading it. I kept thinking, what would Tim think? What would, and then and then I kept thinking, I wonder if Dane got this one. <laughs> <laughs> I know the the last Detective Comics they they missed on you or something, right?
2: Yeah. They. My damn comic shop didn't give it to me, so... <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Uh,
2: Tim, your thoughts, please. So
0: maybe I should hold you guys in suspense a little longer. <laughs> 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 okay, so for me, it didn't get any worse, but I don't think it got that much better than the last issue for me. I just couldn't get into the whole overall story focusing on Poison Ivy and Clayface and how it turned into a pretty much generic story that you kind of saw coming where... Of course, poison ivy is just mind controlling Clayface with some with some plants, and I just couldn't really get into it except that whole aspect of poison ivy and Clayface. I didn't like during the main story, but I did kind of enjoy it more in the backup, where you actually saw how much uh, hurt it caused for Clayface, and how the story of how poison ivy first got to him, sending like these lo- like love letters to him in prison, and then when and these photos of her, and then when she actually came, and how like. Uh, just how in love he was with her when he first saw her, and then to find out that it was all manipulated by her, her plans and control, and then to see that end sequence with him about to take his revenge on her, I thought was pretty cool. But just the overall... Yeah, yeah but the, didn't that feel kind of,
2: like, tacked on at the end? Like, like it didn't even
0: fit... I mean, it wrapped up that whole story. Right. I just thought it, it, it played out better in that backup than it did in the main issue, just because you kind of really saw how much it affected Clayface. Yeah. But I just gonna get into the overall main story and then the whole thing with uh, the penguin as and its assistant <laughs> which I was kind of thinking, oh this could turn out to be something pretty interesting where like assistants planning to take over the penguin while he's away doing whatever Joker wants him to do. But then at the end he says that real corny line where he's talking to poison ivy. He goes he says his name but then he says, But you can call me Emperor Penguin. <laughs> like, uh, really, you got going to go with that? <laughs> Emperor Penguin, we're just taking over his enterprises of, of crime and all that. I thought that was a little cheesy, but I do say I did, I did like the art of this issue, especially that, even though I didn't like the color scheme of it, I did like that costume that Batman was wearing <laughs> for the, the Batfire suit that he had, I guess. That one panel. Yeah, <laughs> it was more like, like
2: bat right?
0: It's kind of more like the colors I thought of, the Batman of Zero <laughs> Kind of had that red not purple, but had like that red color to it. It also reminded me of some of those like action figures you would see for like certain Batman movies that have different colors that have nothing to do with the movie.
2: (laughs) You mean the only one available in Toy Stores, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
3: Oh. I've been neon neon talking Street Luge Batman. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, you would see this debate brave in the bowl. <laughs> 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 I did like how the it looked in the comic. The art was really good. But overall, the story, I just didn't think it captured what the very first issue of this arc did that uh, John Lehman started off with. I was expecting more in the next two issues after that good first part of the story, and so far it hasn't reached that level. But to me, it's just an average issue. I'm probably going to give it two and a half special features that Dane hasn't seen on his Blu-rays out of five. Even though he has them for, he's, he's had them for months. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: yeah, I'm, I'm right with, with you, Tim. Um, I, I, I went into this issue thinking that this was going to be a strict death of the family story, kind of like what Gail Simone did with Batgirl in, um, the, was it Batgirl number 14? Mm-hmm. The one where she, um, she finds her mom? Um, I thought it was going to be something more like that, but this whole, uh, Clayface and Poison Ivy thing kind of threw me off. And yeah, for the most part, I didn't get why John Layman put this, this story in there. It was pretty much filler. Um, but like you, Tim, I, I really like that epilogue part in the back. I thought that was good, even though it kind of felt like it was tacked on there, just to wrap things up. It it made me appreciate the the story more. But but what I really really did not like, um, well, I mean, first off, the penguin being in any story at this <laughs> point, uh, I I did not like that. Um, I I didn't like when Batman um, showed up with his. Um, Pesticide suit. I I just thought that was way out there and crazy, <laughs> and didn't really fit into Detective Comics at all. Um I mean, it kind of it, it kind of felt like something out of Tony Daniels' run on Detective, although not that bad.
1: Yeah, hasn't reached uh, that level yet.
2: Yeah, hasn't reached that level yet, but it's kind of getting there and this whole emperor penguin thing doesn't help either because that feels kind of like a thing that tony daniel would do and um i i, I had a lot of hope for this old v character I, I i thought john layman could could have done anything else with him besides making him emperor penguin <laughs> um i i don't get why he why he did that, it doesn't make any sense. I'm totally not interested in Emperor Penguin. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm just kind of let down that Ogilvy just turned into Emperor Penguin for some reason. I, I'm just let down. And, you know, the whole thing with the Penguin being in every freaking book ever um, that has the word Batman in it is <laughs> insane. <laughs> so... Yeah, I, I, I'm probably going to give this a, a, uh, yeah, probably a one and a half special features on Blu-rays Dane
0: hasn't watched yet. Uh, you're, it's uh, like you're a little torn between a two and a one right there for a second. <laughs>
2: yeah, probably, yeah, like a one and a half because I, I, I really like that one scene, um, I mean, it, it, it happened really quick. Like, your point of view shifts to, like, the side of Penguin's face and you see Joker in the darkness, but, how could Ogilvy not see that? Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> well, they had,
0: put, but they had to put some of the Joker in here except for it to have a die-cut Death of the Family cover. <laughs>
2: yeah, and, and to get Penguin, for some reason, to Arkham Asylum, which, of course, ties into Scott
0: Snyder's
2: um, Batman number 15. But
1: Unless they were trying to
2: put that
0: back up for number Batman 14, where he meets the penguins, so they're trying to connect Yeah, to- yeah.
2: Yeah, and the other thing too is like this issue more than any other any of the other issues felt like a bridge um, issue where it was just to get penguin from one place to another. And if I'm John Layman, I'm going to throw in this this uh, mediocre story about Clayface and Poison Ivy and wrap it up really quick. So yeah, I I kind of didn't like this issue, but um, yeah, Jason Fabox art is amazing um i mean especially in the uh, in the detail that he puts into his work is amazing and i i love it so yeah one and a half
1: for me
3: well i think i like this better than you guys but not as much as the last issue 14 um like like you just said dane jason fabox art is fantastic i especially like his facial expressions especially on poison ivy like in the beginning when she's trapped in the co- coffin like that, she's got that look of like despair and she's like, Batman, Clayface, anybody? Help? Yeah, and, but then in other scenes she's got like just total confidence. Um, I thought the idea that she would plant seeds in Clayface was genius. I was like, clay, seeds, dirt? How come no one has thought of this before? And maybe they have, maybe I just didn't read that issue, but I, I thought that was really good. Um, it and actually, was, I'm sorry, I was I'm gonna, just gonna say, it actually,
0: They did have, not really a team-up, but in No Man's Land, they had that storyline where Clayface was actually keeping Poison Ivy hostage, because of that. It kind of reminded me, like, it's like the opposite, instead of Poison Ivy, like, using Clayface, it was the opposite, where Clayface was using Poison Ivy for his advantage.
3: Oh, yeah, I haven't read that in so long, I forgot, I forgot that, um... In the beginning like I one of the problems I always had with Clayface is he's so powerful you feel like he could just take Batman out in just a few seconds or um and in this I thought it was good cuz he could take Batman out but he's not because he wants to know where Poison Ivy is like he's he's beating him up but he's keeping him alive cuz he's trying to get that information out of him and then um Batman is able to get out of there using the batplane and it kind of reminded me a little bit of the animated series a little bit with the gadgets um then the penguin, I, they should make a law that only Greg Hurwitz should be allowed to write <laughs> penguin stuff, because he's written the best penguin stuff ever, and everyone else just kind of falls short. And, like, Dane, I wonder, like, how does he not know that joke, you would think if you were in a room with the Joker, even if he was in the corner, you would know, like, just somehow you would just know that, but, um, he kind of, I could have done without a little bit of that, but it, it, it's just a device to get penguin out of there. Um, and then I like the, the pesticide suit. Cause it kind of, um, it just like, uh, Tim said, it reminds me all the times when you're in target and you see these like weird Batman, you know, action figures and you're like, what the heck is this? This was definitely like, Oh, here's one of them. I could see that on the shelf at Walmart or something. Um, and, um, you know, the, the story was playing out okay, but yeah, what at the end there when, um, what's his name, Ignatius Ogilvy goes, call me the Emperor Penguin. I was like, oh, they did not like I, <laughs> that. They did not just do that. That's just brought it down a notch. Um, The backup story I really liked. I, I actually felt sympathy for Clayface. I felt bad for the poor guy just sitting there and getting these love letters and falling for Poison Ivy. And then the ending I thought was pretty good where he's you know, it leaves with him attacking uh, Poison Ivy. So I'd like to see where it leads from there. So, um, you know, I enjoyed it. I liked it. And not as much as I liked 14. Um, but a lot more than you guys liked it. So I would give it, um, I'd give it three and a half features, uh, extra special features on Blu-ray that Dane has had sitting around his house for months and months and just refuses to watch because he, he doesn't want the magic of the movie to be ruined by seeing any special effects.
0: That's it. That's it. I don't want the magic to be ruined. It's a good thing you're not a director, Dane, or else the Blu-ray release of your movie would be bare bones. nothing, yeah. just the trailer.
2: Uh, so, so I'd pretty much just be uh, Christopher Nolan.
1: Yeah, I, exactly.
2: Nobody watches this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that ends the week of uh, December fifth, and for December twelfth, we have Batgirl number fifteen, Suicide Squad number fifteen, Batman and Robin number fifteen, and Batman number fifteen. So, Terence, why don't you start us off with Suicide Squad number fifteen?
3: Okay, um, this one took. Took off right where the last one left off with Harley Quinn hanging, um, by a chain with the Joker. So after a month of waiting, of kind of see how is she going to get out of this, it ends in like three panels with the Joker just <laughs> releasing her. So I thought that was kind of, a, kind of a lame just, here we go. Um, and just, I think, yeah, let's see, one, one, two, three, four. On the fifth panel, which is a double page spread, he just kind of lets her go. Um, and this was, okay the art was pretty good the the joker was okay it's now not as good as great capullo um there wasn't too much of the other suicide squad it was mainly sort of the joker and harley quinn fighting and hitting each other and smashing each other up and him trying to you know i it's kind of hard to what his motive was to see to get her to admit that she wasn't harley quinn anymore or was and um it it just kind of seemed like a lot of filler after a while and by the end of it you know she's kind of like they kind of leave it where she's broken free of the joker's spell and um he's kind of impressed by her and she wants to be a member of the suicide squad now but You know, all it takes is one writer to do another story arc, and in three panels she can be back to loving Mr. J and being the old Harley Quinn. So I don't think any of these changes are going to really stick for much longer. Um, I, after reading this, it would not make me want to pick up the next Suicide Squad issue. So, you know, I probably will just end the Suicide run here and just this was a little sidebar on death of the family and um, if it ever was on sale the 99 cent sale I'd I'd probably pick up the next couple ones and see where they went but I'm not going to you know pay full price or um, be waiting desperately for this issue so all in all I would probably you know the art was good that helped save it Uh, story was okay so I'd give it two and a half special features that um, Dane did not see on his Blu-rays that have been around for months. For months, and this story actually kind of feels like one of those special features. It feels like deleted scenes that were cut out, and <laughs> you watch and you go, oh, "Okay, now I know why they deleted that." So, um, but uh, what did you guys think about it?
0: Yeah, for me, I thought it, it was it was okay. It was pretty good. I was entertained by reading most of it. I mean, it's pretty much a scene. Joker and Harley, like you said, Terrence fight each other, both physically and verbally, each one of them getting their shot, <laughs> their hits in with each other, but um the one thing that I really didn't like was we got that reveal where Joker kind of beat her, and he was going to lock her up, then he finds out, oh, you're not the first Harley, I've had several Harley coins before you, and you won't be the last, and well, we know how Joker likes to twist stories and not everything he says is true, but if this is something that's true where he's had a bunch of different Harley Quinns before, I don't think that's a good way to go with her story. <laughs> I mean, that's what makes her unique. She's the one that, that fell in love with the Joker, which is something that pretty much no one would ever do, and the fact that there would be other people or other girls who did that before, just, uh, I just, I hope that doesn't end up being true where she's the one of many different Harley Quinns in Joker's life, <laughs>
3: Yeah, I felt the same way. I kind of looked around on that panel to see those skeletons, what they're wearing. I'm like, is is one wearing what the, the animated series yeah. Harley Quinn? But it's very muted. You can't really tell what it is. It
0: kind of looks like her color scheme that she's wearing now anyway, the blue and yeah. red. But one thing that I like that was pretty cool is we got an animated series reference with uh, Bud and Lube, the hyenas. <laughs> yeah, Unfortunately, though, Harley had to take him down and kill him because Joker poisoned him with this toxin. And she had to, like, snap one's jaw and then have the other one fall in that acid pit, so it was cool to see him, but unfortunately they had to go. <laughs> but I'm just glad they're still using these animated series staples of the Joker and Harley relationship. She likes to call them their babies. <laughs> and I thought some of the fight sequences were pretty pretty cool. I like that one uh, sequence where... Of course you are, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, but I did like that one sequence where pretty much Harley smashes his face in the wall, and his face actually falls off of him, <laughs> the skin of his face, and you see it on the wall, and then he has to go pick it up and pull it on, put it back on his face. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a pretty neat sequence, but... You know, overall, kind of like you said, Terrence, just picking up the Suicide Squad title just for the tie-in of death in the family, and it looks like this is it between Joker and Harley. And unless we get some big, drastic Harley Quinn story in the future... Probably won't we'll be picking up too many of the Suicide Squad titles, so. Um, but this one, I thought it was still pretty entertaining. I probably gave it uh, three special features that Dane hasn't seen on Blu-rays that he's had for months out of five. Right, and I did not read this this issue, so.
2: Um, but you got that, the highlights and the negatives of it from me and Terry. No. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you for that, but thank you for that, guys. I really needed that to complete my weekend. <laughs> or to start my weekend, I should say. Um, Batman and Robin, number 15. Tim, why don't you take this one now?
0: Yeah, this one I thought was an awesome issue. I think so far, out of the Death of the Family tie ins, this one is definitely my favorite. I mean, we get a really cool interaction between Joker and Robin in this sequence. And besides that, there was some great dialogue that Joker had. But I think something that really stood out of this issue was the art and just some of the designs that Joker had in this issue. There's that one splash face. I probably one of the most disturbing images we've seen of Joker in the New Fifty Two, where he's from Robin's point of view, is upside. Down, he's hanging upside down, and then his mask or his face that is skinned off is upside down, where the eyes are on the mouth and the mouth is on the eyes. It just looks twisted and weird. He has a bunch of worms all over his hands. And it just looks really creepy and twisted. But I just love the dialogue that Joker had with Robin, just kinda again explaining to him why he's doing all this that all the bat family members are dragging Batman down. Just the analogies that he uses I thought were great with robins and bats. I like loved how we visually get to see that where he picks up a Robin, an actual bird and an actual bat, where he's kinda like mimicking like, a Robin asking Batman for help, but this, this visual, it just worked really good. And then just, uh, the only thing that kinda confused me at the end was he reveals that after he pours a bunch of bugs and worms on Damien for him to eat since he's a Robin, which I thought was great, <laughs> we get that reveal that he has, he says he has to fight Batman. And just wondering who that actually is. I mean, you don't really think it's Bruce in there, but he kinda makes it, Makes it out that, ooh, it's father versus son. That's how the the lettering on the issue ends. But, again, we still don't know if Joker does actually know who everyone is at this point. Even though I think he does. But, <laughs> still curious to see exactly who that person is in that Batman costume. Wouldn't it be great if it was Alfred?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alfred must have really bulked up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um... So, yeah, for me, I really, really like this one. I think I'm going to go ahead and give it five special features out of five that Dane hasn't seen on his Blu-rays for months. I love it. I oh. thought it was great.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you again, Tim. Although I'm not as <laughs> over the top as you are with it. Um <laughs> Yeah, the the thing the thing that struck me most of all about this this um, issue was Joker's dialogue, and I felt that yeah. um, Tomasi really nailed it. Um, it, it it's kind of long winded, but um, I read Batwoman, so that's actually kind of short for me. <laughs> <laughs> actually, short on the dialogue, um, but yeah, uh, Tomasi nailed that, and yeah, I, I really like this this issue. I, I really liked how. Uh, Joker got the uh, the the robin and the the um, the bat and had him fight and stuff. I, I thought it was cool. And of course, uh, that 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 scene with all of the um all of the bugs and Joker covered in bugs for some reason. It's, uh, it's just weird. and the, there's that one panel where he has flies all over him, and he moves, and then like the next panel, all the flies are like all over him. I mean, like all flying around him. I just thought that was cool, and like you said, Tim, the the beginning part with um, with Joker upside down or David upside down, and his face is his his mouth. He, he's looking through his mouth part, and he's talking through his eye part. I just I just thought that was gruesome, yeah. disgusting. But Unexpected do so, to. Yeah, I know, but so awesome. And yeah, I I just love that, and yeah, I I I can't. I can't wait to see where Batman and Robin number sixteen goes with with Damian fighting this this um, cowled person, <laughs> this, this guy that's wearing the the Batman suit. Um, yeah, I I thought it was a great issue. The art is great. Everything. I mean, even though that, like in, in some panels, don't you think that Damian looks like a Ninja Turtle?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's got like that wide head that oval head. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't think that when I was reading it, but now that you mentioned it, <laughs> I can't see what you're saying.
2: <laughs> Have I ruined Diamond and Robin and, uh, Patrick Gleason's art for you?
0: <laughs> no, because I like the Ninja Turtles, so it's <laughs> oh, Okay.
2: <laughs> but yeah, everything about this issue was, was great. Um, especially, like I said, the, the, the Joker's dialogue and, and, um, and Damien's comebacks. I, re- I-, I really like the back and forth between the two characters. Um, and also, I, I like how they referenced that one Grant Morrison story where um, where Damien beats Joker with the crowbar. He says something like, I, I, just, went m- I just went to my orthodontist or something <laughs> like that. I-, I just thought that was great. That was a great callback, too. Because yeah. that-, that story was pretty
0: freaky when yeah. I first read that. Speaking of callbacks, you just reminded me but I also love the callback of uh, the Killing Joke too, where he tells Damian, "There's only one time that I actually made Batman laugh. It was in the, or in the rain." Right, right. I thought that was really cool too.
2: Right, right. So, so yeah, all all the callbacks are great. Um, so, so I'm probably going to give this one four, um, you know, four and a half special features on Blu-rays. Dane hasn't watched yet. Out of five. What about you, Terrence?
3: Oh, hey, yes, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, I pretty much agree with everything you guys said. Um and um I, I like the callbacks a lot as well too. I especially the only thing you guys I didn't mention that I'll add is the uh the coloring. I thought the coloring was great, especially um when Damien first goes to the zoo and it's just like all reds and different shades of red. Yeah. Um, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I thought that was great for the setting. Um and I liked how um they didn't try to do too much with this. It wasn't, it was kind of like a lesson from, uh, Catwoman where they did too much with all these <laughs> elaborate traps and building things on skyscrapers. This is just basically Damien in with the Joker with a lot of just like bugs and, you know, gore and stuff. They didn't do too much, but they kept it cool. And I liked how Tomasi really had the Joker using the face. It's something that Snyder and the, the other titles really hasn't done, he turns it upside down and it's falling off and um, he plays with it a lot more in Suicide Squad, it kind of fell off and was attached to the wall inadvertently, but here he's really using it, so um, I don't know if I'd give it the five that um, Tim gave, but I would definitely give it a four um, features on Blu-rays that Dane has not gotten around to seeing yet even though he's had them forever
2: (laughs) (laughs) I it have... just keeps, on getting better and better. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you always have new ways of saying it. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome.
0: All
2: right. So, um, back row number 19. What did you guys think? 19? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> um, nah, 15. Back row number 15. What did you guys
0: think? Uh, I guess I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought... Another good issue could follow up to the issue fourteen, which was great. I mean just kinda of same with how Batman and Robin was was Joker's and Damien's interaction. I really like Joker and Barbara's interaction with each other too. It's Joker playing up the whole uh marriage thing. <laughs> kind of like sweet talking to her like plainly like like a husband would, calling her like his blushing bride, his like special potato salad. <laughs> There's all these funny lines that he's calling her parents.
2: Hey, yeah, have you ever called your wife uh your special tater sa- potato,
1: potato salad or whatever?
3: <laughs> no but I, I think I'm gonna have to use that one tonight when she when I, when I come to bed at like three in the morning <laughs> and she's annoyed at me <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah I also like to just
3: which was starting in
0: issue number 14 just barbara's attitude toward the joke around this whole issue How she's pretty much her mind is set on killing him Like, no matter what, she's even, like, saying in her head that she's sorry, Batman, but keeping him alive is wrong, and she's going to do what she has to do so she can save millions of lives. I just love that whole sequence where she actually does get the upper hand on him for a second, where she just beats him up bad. I mean, she punches him in the back, the arm, and then she goes directly for the spine, which just knocks him down, and then she's just about to do it, where she grabs the gun, and she kept saying to herself, like, I know exactly how I want this to play out. I've been thinking about this for four years. Now it's finally happening. But I also love to R too, where as she's seen her monologue, and she has tears coming down her face. Like, it's all the pain that Joker has caused her, and now she's finally getting her chance to get back at him. But yet, of course, something goes wrong where <laughs> Joker's men are there to stop her and threatens to shoot her mom if she does anything. And then she has to go into the... Do Joker special requests as far as you get like, the flowers of veil and go to a church to get married. Then also, as I was reading it, I was kind of curious to see how it was all going to play together. Just uh, how it went back and forth with Joker and Arkham talking to that doctor. How he has that journal and pretty much how it's already setting up the wedding that he's been planning <laughs> years in advance. But I'm still curious to see if this doctor plays into the storyline with Joker planning this wedding in any way. Because he made that threat that he has a page in that diary that he's making her read a section on what he would do to her 9-year-old daughter. So that's pretty much making her do whatever he tells her to. I just wonder if that's going to continue on in any way in regards to what he's doing with Barbara. So, Yeah, again, I thought this was a very solid Batgirl issue player that continued well from issue number 14. So I'm going to give it four, 4 out of 5 special features that Dane hasn't seen on his Blu-rays.
2: Okay, well, I mean, I... I agree with you for the most part, Tim, um, but after reading uh, background number 14 and jumping into this issue, I really wanted to see what um, Barbara is, is going to do to the Joker, and for the most part, we get that, but I felt that the, the whole interrogation scene with the Doctor and Arkham slowed things down so much and it felt so disjointed and I kind of didn't know where it was going and Joker throws out references to the lady's daughter, Sasha or whatever her name is. And I don't know, it, it, it just felt um, stunted and unnecessary. But I mean, I, I guess it pays off in the end when you find out that he's been applying this for a long, long time. But for the most part I I really like this issue. I liked um, you know, Babs beating up the Joker and um, the the back and forth between uh Babs and the Joker and um all of that stuff. But I kinda didn't like the ending where Barbara goes to the to the crypt or whatever that is and there's the priest there being held hostage and all those guys are gonna attack um Attack Babs. It kind of reminds me of that whole Nightfall storyline that we got. Really? Yeah, I it didn't kind get of that. By. Like, I kind, it of, kind get... of feels like she has to go and take down each you know each person personally and find out their weakness and stuff like that. But I mean, I, I doubt it's going to end up like that. But I don't know. I I just did not like that ending for the most part. Um, I don't know. I I, I felt like the whole James. And um, Alicia thing was so tacked on and unnecessary in this issue. I felt like it, it, that part of the story was just filler. I mean, I, I know it's probably going to go somewhere and it's going to be kind of interesting. But for right now, it just feels like filler that Gil Smo just threw in there, just a jigger story just a little more um, substance. And I'm not really into it. And
0: Yeah, plus two, it kind of made it. Like, oh, is he going to be a good guy now? Because now he's saying, oh, I'm going to help my sister, apparently. That's how, that's the last we see of him, which I don't think, I could never see that. After what Scott Snyder did to him and his runner detective, I don't think there's no ounce of good in this character. Yeah,
2: and then knowing that, you you can kind of figure out how it's going to go. You know, um, James Jr. and Alicia are gonna catch up with Babs and then Babs is gonna have to save Alicia and take down her brother and then take down the Joker, whatever. Um so yeah, I'm not sure where that's going, but I don't like it. Um, but overall this this was this was an okay issue and you know the art was awesome as always in that girl. Um so I'm probably gonna give this yeah three and a half special features on blu rays dane hasn't watched yet
3: yeah i I agree more with Dane on this than um Tim, but um you know overall it was okay, but there was overall it was probably good. There was probably a few holes that kind of jumped out, and Dane kind of touched on some of those the whole um her brothers. Angle, he seems so different in here than the character that Scott Snyder gave us. Uh, he almost, like you said, seems like a good guy, and he's out to help his sister. Uh, and I still, it's kind of weird. Like I, I expected him to be eating a sandwich in this issue, <laughs> since he he made her. There's no sandwich, and then he he kind of like stands up to the Joker, and I and. The last issue, I wasn't sure, was he working with the Joker? And then this issue, the Joker just doesn't know who he is. So it's obvious they're not together. But um, I wonder how that's going to play out. And so since it's so different from Scott Snyder's run, I wonder if – you know, the use of James Jr. here is what, you know, why Scott got, um, Gail Simone kicked off the book, but, <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> rumor more to the conspiracy. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It, it, but, um, it, this issue did come in handy because I know now if I ever, um, lose a finger or someone else loses a finger. Don't put it directly on the ice. Put it in a bag so the ice doesn't damage the tissue. I was like, ah, oh, that's good to know because, you know, you never know what might happen. Um,
0: they so say you can't learn anything from comics.
3: Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, although Joker's mask in and, and this one looks a little rough around the edges, I, I wonder how long that skin can hold up. Um, and, um, but, um, you know, overall, it was okay. I just wonder when the new writer takes over how many of these plot lines like James Jr. and the roommate and the mom are just going to disappear and be forgotten and how many are um, going to be played out and come to a conclusion. And, and, I, and I still, in this issue, and it's, it's more we haven't reviewed it yet, but in, in Batman, I just think this whole death of the family and the the return of the Joker would have a lot more impact and a, and a lot more weight to it if Barbara Gordon was still Oracle and she was still in the wheelchair. You know, the fact that she got, you know, a miracle somehow, which we haven't found out yet. It, it kind of lessens it a lot for me. I kind of, I'm kind of like, well, what are you complaining about? You're okay now, you know. So, um, you know, and it's just, um, I, I kind of, the only thing I disagree with Dane is I kind of like those flashback scenes. I thought it was cool to kind of see the Joker, um, the way he is, you know, normally is with his skin on his face. And I like how he just kind of, you know, totally, destroyed that um, psychologist in, in Arkham by just he, he just knows how to hit people where they're their weakest and most vulnerable um, which kind of tied into Scott Snyder's yeah but the thing, the,
2: the thing with that is it kind of reminded me of that one issue we got um, with Snyder's detective I can't remember the number but it, it, it was the one where Joe was in the mask and he he was tied to that rolling um, Hand truck thing. Mm-hmm. And he was talking to the doctor about his wife who had MS, and how she screams at night because
3: she's yeah. in pain. Mm-hmm.
2: Kind of reminded me of that. Kind That's
3: of,
1: true.
2: Kind of reminded me of a generic version
3: of that. It definitely, when I read it, it definitely felt like something I'd heard multiple times before. Like this, is, this was nothing new with the Joker mentioning somebody's family member or, or mentioning their uh, kid or something. But that page, it's only five panels and it was kind of quick but yeah there was nothing original in that it was just kind of like that's joker's you know modus operandi of the way he acts um but the art i really like the art i like the way um, this artist i forget the name where is that it's not the daniel Sampri, Samprey. um i like how he does the joker i like how he does Batgirl. girl um the only criticism on the art is that eyeshadow on <laughs> the mom is just way too much. Looks like I don't I don't know why. <laughs> it looks like she's got two black eyes and um but I would give you know all in all considering I would give this three um Easter eggs on Blu rays that Dane has just not been <laughs> been too busy to go look for and find the hidden content in the Blu rays. So. <laughs>
1: All right,
2: um, so I guess we can move on to Batman number 15. Terrence, how yeah. close are we to getting that Batman stamp for kids that get a good grade on their tests and stuff? <laughs>
3: yeah, I think, it's, I think we should get the Joker one for the kids who fail. and <laughs> 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 Uh, Yeah, are we, we don't need to review this one, right? Nothing really is big about it. No, no, <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. The tie-in issues cover it all. So. <laughs> yeah, this is just filler in between Catwoman and Batgirl. Um, but before oh, we get to it, can, yeah.
2: can I just say something really quick?
3: Yeah.
2: Um, Do any of you have an issue in front of you?
3: I do. Yes. yes.
2: Okay, so so look at that one panel. Right when Bruce wakes up in the dream,
0: in the dream, um, or from the dream,
2: he wakes up in the dream. Okay. Okay. He, uh, he opens his eyes, and the next, the next panel down, he sits up in the bed on his on his hands. Learn it. He lifts himself up with his arms. Now look at Babs in that one scene. Look at her face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's some great Capullo
0: art. <laughs> I have to say, I want that on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> not you imagine that, not just her, but like Damien's face looks weird. Yeah, Jason's looking up at the ceiling for some reason. <laughs>
2: uh, great art by Greg. That's all I gotta say about that. And that's um, the thing
3: I've noticed about now that I, I've switched to digital is that like little like that's a kind of a small panel on the page, but in digital it it fills up the whole screen when you do it frame by frame, and so some of those little panels look real bad when they're blown up on <laughs> the whole screen.
2: So. <laughs> uh, but anyways, Terrence, go ahead with your review, man.
3: Oh man, I cannot wait for this issue. I and I um I went on I think IGN had the the preview so they had the first um I think the first four or five pages right up to where Batman's jumping out of the fire. And that just made me want to read it even more. And um so I I downloaded this digitally the day it came out and was reading it as soon as possible. Um I think you know I've been. The, my first thought was, when does Batman ever take off his gloves? That was kind of weird. I don't think I've ever read a story where he took off his gloves, and I guess you know it's the, the um, the way to get those gloves you know off to get, be untied. But I love um in that art, even though it was kind of weird that he took the gloves off and then got the Joker toxin through his skin. I love the way how Capullo draws him punching the face and the the mask and the flesh just ripping and the um. He squeezes him by the throat, and the, the face is just being pulled down around him. Um, and um, you know, it was kind of after that initial Joker scene. The dream sequence was pretty cool. That the it was really twisted seeing Alfred yeah. um, as the. the the joker with the mask that was just real disturbing especially the scene where it kind of come close up and you see his mustache and his eye and i you know I'm like, i was reading it oh, i hope i had the feeling it was a dream but i'm like oh, i hope this is a dream i hope this is a dream and um then he wakes up and then the arguing in the back cave was kind of cliched it was kind of there was nothing original there i kind of if it if it was kind of what you would expect of that, and there there was nothing they knew. But Capullo, I like the way he draws all the characters. It's cool to kind of see them all together. Jason Todd in the background is is different, and his Tim Drake as this new Red Robin is probably better than any that I've seen in the Teen Titans. I don't really like the new outfit. Um and then uh, they they had the flashback scene, which I like, because it kind of showed Capullo drawing a more traditional Joker. So we got to see a little bit of that. And then I felt the story slow down a little bit when they were talking about the card and the card being there. And um, it was all right. It kind of, I'd like to see how it plays out. But to me, that kind of dre- that whole thing with the card and everything, it, it wasn't as big of a, a mystery. They're kind of playing it like, oh, Bruce has this great secret and he won't tell everybody. And you know, the great secret just kind of turns out that there was a card and maybe Joker was in the Batcave. But it's kind of kind of weird because in the Grant Morrison run, he really played it as if um, Joker knew who Bruce Wayne. Was that Bruce Wayne was Batman, but the Joker just didn't care. He just cared about Batman and, you know, and even had, you know, um, the Joker at Wayne Manor and, you know, um, really interacting as that, that sexton character as a while. So reading this, I kind of thought, well, all that stuff just never happened in the new 52, but then they reference it in Batman and Robin with the crowbar. So it's just, this just seems kind of, it's gotten a little murky, and so this whole mystery of does the Joker know them or not, I guess it depends on which which issues you've read before or not, as to how you feel. Um, and then it kind of sets up that something's going down in Arkham, and then um, we get to Jock's story, and the first page there with the Riddler, I was like, oh, yes, because not only do we get to see Jock's version of the Riddler and Scott Snyder, but Next issue, we'll probably see Greg Capullo's Riddler too. Um, and this was kind of cool. This reminded me a lot of um, the Arkham Asylum video game a bit. I just kind of, you know, Joker has, you know, the Arkham Asylum so twisted and set up as a trap for Batman, and the Riddler has his clues all over in the game for Batman. And I could imagine this was sort of what it was like as they were setting all that up for the game, um, and um, kind of. Kind of like the last issue, kind of left me wanting more, feeling like not as much happened story-wise as I would think, and um, really interested to see how the the Riddler will play out with the Joker and and what's waiting in Arkham Asylum. And um, a, cu- a couple podcasts back, Dane had mentioned was one of his favorite Joker stories was you know a Grant Morrison's Arkham Asylum graphic novel, and this reminded me a lot of that because that that novel there's a big setup before Batman actually goes into the asylum and there's a, like what's inside there what's waiting and this reminds me of that setup as you're waiting even the last page of Capullo's art is four panels and it's just Batman going up the stairs then further up the stairs then in the door then the door shut um and so it, it's it has that real Arkham Asylum feel to me so as much as I couldn't wait for this, now I can't wait for the next issue. So I almost wish I didn't read them month to month and just waited for the <laughs> trade paperbacks so I could read them all at once. Um, but um, I'm curious to see what you guys thought of it. And uh I would definitely give this five extra features on the multitude of Blu-rays that are sitting around Dane's uh house there, the... <laughs> what the, the life story of George Lucas the, <laughs> how, behind the scenes of you know the nipples on the Batman costume and Batman and Robin and <laughs> what another one the, uh, the how the tumbler can do jumps and um, so what I would I would give this a 5 this was this was worth the wait nice you saved okay. your best finish for the last review <laughs> yeah. I mean special feature <laughs>
2: Um, did you want
0: to go, Tim? Sure. Okay. Uh, but first, I want to ask you guys something. If I'm reading too much into it or not, but the on the very last page that you're talking about, Terrence, where we see Batman going into Arkham. Yeah. On the very last panel where he actually goes in, and you see the lights go on. Oh yeah. Do you guys get to feel like that that's supposed to be like the Joker? Joker face. Like you see the two lights on is supposed to be the, his eyes, and then on the bottom he's like. You see the red bricks on there in the doorways, like, the smile at the end. Am I reading too much into that, or do you kind of think that's what they're going for? <laughs> yeah, because I didn't notice it the first time when I read it. And then I kind of read certain things yeah. about how the last page, you're like, oh, man, kind of, like, this is, there's some great art in there. And I didn't really see it at first. And then reading it the second time, and looking at it, like, oh, okay, are the, the lights in the building. supposed to, like, signify the Joker's smile or the Joker's face or something.
3: Yeah, you know, I didn't even notice the lights and all that until you just mentioned it. But as soon as you mentioned it, and I'm looking right at it, it it looked just like the Joker face to me. So I I think so. Just hope I wasn't looking more more into it than there actually is. But yeah. And, and real quick, on a side note, the they, the other day they had, uh, I think it was Tuesday, they had something thing on TV about the Spice Girls uh, <laughs> the opening up on uh, in uh, London, and they had like the whole crew out, and I'm looking, I'm like, hey, PJ looks some of those <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that might be his Union Jack's dress over in the background. Uh, What's gonna be
0: his claim to fame? Batman Live or the Spice Girls? <laughs> Spice Girls, hands down.
2: Can't top that.
0: Yes, how can you?
2: <laughs> or, or the um the Peter Pan show or the uh that Johnny Depp one. Um oh, Neverland. Yeah, Neverland, yeah, that's the one. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Anything Spice Girls? <laughs> <laughs> At least Peter Pan, or is a classic children's story. So,
1: <laughs> but
0: uh, for me, on Batman number fifteen. I, I it's so
2: funny because we're, we're the only per, we're the only Batman podcast that was just talking about the, the Spice Girls <laughs> and they just went to Batman number fifteen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: what can we say? We have great transitions. <laughs> <laughs>
3: girl power. Now, let's talk about when he shoots the horse and that guy in the head, you know. <laughs> oh, man. All
0: right, let's see if I can get through this review. <laughs> Without a Spice skills reference. Okay, so after, when I first read the issue, I tweeted saying that I think I liked Batman and Robin and Batgirl 15 a little bit better than Batman number 15. But then I read it again and... I could say I definitely liked it better the second time more than Batgirl. (laughs) But I still think Batman around was just a little bit better for me.
2: Oh, sacrilege, too. (laughs) You're off
0: the podcast. Uh, I'm sorry. I knew I should (laughs) have said that. (laughs) But saying that, I still thought this was still a great issue and continuation of the death of the family story. I love the opening sequence, like you mentioned, Terrence, of just the art of seeing Batman go through the flames of fire and then just him punching the Joker right in the face. I thought was awesome and a good way to start the issue. Then the whole thing about the... Where he's talking to all the different members of the Bat Family, Nightwing, Jason Todd, Batgirl, um, and telling him about his secret about the card and everything. Kind of like you, I was expecting some big revelation about some dark secret Batman was keeping from them. And it wasn't quite as I expected or revealing as I thought it was going to be. But I thought it still worked for the most part. I mean, it is something that I think the rest of the Bat family members would be upset about Bruce not telling him. And, but probably my biggest issue with the issue <laughs> would be that um, Bruce kind of has the same mindset that he did with the Court of Owls, where he's still believing that he's not wrong, and that he, the Joker has never been in the Bat cave. He doesn't know who's, who they are. And kind of I just thought to myself, this is kind of the same thing that he overestimated himself with the Court of Values and he underestimated them. And I kind of feel he's doing the same thing here where he's just, his mind is set that he's not wrong and that the Joker is not here. He's done all the tests. He's traced, done all the tracing like made sure there was no trace of the Joker in the cave. But you still get that feeling that he's overconfident and that the Joker has been there. I personally think that the Joker does know who everyone is and that he, for somehow, some way, he was in the cave and he knows their secret but he's not going to Kind of just broadcast that information out there. And I just kind of hope that it doesn't do the whole court of owls again where we're not going to know for sure. I just hope it does get resolved where we find out and we're not going to end where, oh, did Joker actually know who they are? Did he actually get in? What was the whole point of the card? I just hope we get some answers when it's all said and done. But then at the end, I just love the sequence too where Batman goes to chase down that lead he has of the guard who Joker was forcing to work for him. I just love that sequence where he busts in his, uh, his family's house. And it kind of reminded me of that Batman the Animated Series episode, Old Wounds, where he traced down that uh, guy Joker just hired off the street because he was desperate for money, and Batman just interrogates him and just threatens him in front of his family. I got that same vibe from this so which I thought was really cool. But um probably the reason, besides the thing I was mentioning with Batman having the same mindset as the Court of Owls, not the Court of Owls but probably the other thing that I just didn't like as much as Batman and Robin, Maybe because there wasn't as much Joker in this one, and the Joker and Batman and Robin was just awesome, great dialogue, great visual, just everything about him was great. Which I think just puts it a little bit above Batman number 15. I thought the backup was good too, I just love the whole uh, philosophy jo- Joker has of the Batman villains, of how they're there to make Batman stronger. Like he keep using the analogy of him as their king. And he's saying that because the Riddler, he's the only one who can test Batman's uh, mind. Like, out of all the villains, he's the one who strengthens Batman's mind and makes him stronger that way. And he wants Riddler to keep that up so Batman can be at his best. I just love that whole thinking that Joker has to Batman as the king, and the villains are kind of, like, there to strengthen him as, as the king of the kingdom, as Joker puts it. So, yeah, overall, still a great issue. I'm going to give it four and a half special features on Blu-rays that Dane has yet to see. I wanted to give all the best in the family issues a five. I thought I was going to make it with the first two, but <laughs> with this one, it just wasn't quite as perfect as I thought the first two were.
2: All right, so I thought—I mean, I'm—I'm I'm with you guys for the most part. I—I I thought that this issue, more than any of the other issues, was going to be the big reveal of um, of what Bruce um, is keeping secret, but it just turned out to be an issue where we didn't get very much information and nothing really happened in this issue and um it it, it turned out to be just a regular issue a uh, regular Scott Snyder issue um but but that's not a bad thing i mean it's it's of course a must read um and it's intriguing and gets your attention stuff like that but I don't know, I, I felt like I got a little lost when uh, Bruce was explaining that whole thing with um, the underground cave, or going underwater, taking the blimp down, going underwater, and then finding the card. I I just felt like I got a little lost there, and um, it kind of felt like Scott Snyder was building up for nothing, really, in that scene, and... Yeah, you know, we don't get anything out of that scene except for the fact that the Joker card is a replica of a card of a card that Joker glued with a special kind of glue onto the, the bat boat. But yeah, I, I just kinda didn't get the point of this issue until um Snatter kinda switches gears like right in the middle of the issue and says Bruce has a lead or something. And he goes, you know, and he ta- he attacks that that guy in his home, in front of his family, and finds out, you know, this whole Arkham Asylum thing. Um, but if there's one redeeming quality about this issue, and I'm not saying this issue is bad, it's it's the fact that uh, Scott Snyder yet again built us up for the next issue, Batman number 16, where hopefully Batman goes into Arkham and finds out what's happening there. So yeah, I, I mean. L- I don't know, it, it, it's like I said it's um, I felt like everything that Scott Snyder's done up to this point with the death of the family story was supposed to pay off in this issue at, at least a little bit but it it, it just didn't and it, it wasn't until Scott Snyder switched gears and um, Bruce followed the lead that was totally un- unrelated to what was happening um, previously that you know, the story continued, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was another great issue, besides the little hiccup with, uh, with Babs in the beginning, um, the, the art was amazing overall, um, and yeah, I, I really like the, the, the the backup story with the Riddler, and, um, how Riddler's actually a, a part of the story, you know, Joker tries to, um, have Riddler prove himself, um, to the Joker, I, I I just loved all that stuff, and I like that one scene where where Joker shoots the horse and then shoots the guy. Just thought that was funny. Yeah, and and, and I love Jock's art. Jock's art is amazing. I, I I think more than anything, he more than any any of the other artists, he he draws the best um, new Fifty Two Joker. Um,
0: yeah, so yeah I, I was gonna say I forgot to say that that very first page. When you open the issue, I just love that drawing of the Joker. That's like one of my new favorite Joker images out there. It just looks <laughs> really creepy. When you're in the black background is awesome,
2: that's the cover art, isn't it? <laughs> How did you know?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> just use a jock Joker. I don't. I don't get what's what's
0: up with that, Tim. <laughs> Well, it's Polo Krakopoulos doing such awesome Joker art.
3: <laughs> and, you know, the, the words go so well with that, too. Just keep telling yourself he's just a man. You know, like, it's just amazing.
0: Yep. Yeah, and it's,
2: it, too. yeah, it's another full circle kind of thing where Snatter references the, that point in the beginning and he wraps it up with that same point, which I really, really like. Um, so I'm going to give this issue... Four and a half out of five special features on Blu-rays Dane hasn't watched yet, even though they've been sitting around in his house for like three months.
0: Um,
2: so, was there any other books you guys wanted to review? Anything else Anything else you guys wanted to talk about?
0: Do you want me to talk to you about what's going on in the uh, Amazing Spider-Man right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Why don't you enlighten us with that? Let's just say him and Dr. Octopus did a old switcheroo on their bodies. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Spider-Man yes. is in a dying Dr. Octopus body, and Dr. Octopus is in Spider-Man's body. <laughs>
2: oh, beautiful. Beautiful storytelling, I <laughs> have to say. All right, so I but guess... The only,
3: well, I just mentioned, too, I've, oh. I've made the, the change. I'm going all digital. I didn't order comics this oh, month.
1: Going all and, <laughs> and,
3: Well, you know, I tried that once before, and I chickened out and ran to a... because there's not really a comic store near me, so I (laughs) drove 45 minutes away and bought them all and said I I can't do it, but I think I finally am going to go all digital, so we'll see how how that works. I'm getting closer, but I don't know if I'll be able to go all the way. You know, I find if I, the digitals I'll read more because they're handy to get to. Once it goes in the long box and then goes <laughs> in long box on top of it and it's in my closet, I just never see them again. But having it on my phone, I just find like I'll just read some, you know, Justice League from the 80s or, you know, that I haven't read in forever yeah. so um, but I, my fear is I'll spend all this money and then like comicology will go out of business or or they'll change because you can buy them on comicology or you can buy them on Amazon for the Kindle but they don't they're not compatible so it's either one or the other so it's like oh now what do I <laughs> which format do I get them?
0: Yeah I mean that'd be horrible if that happens with comicology <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: alright so I guess with that, we're done for right. for this for this episode. We're done. We're out of here. Um, Terrence, what time is it?
3: It is one forty in the morning. So, <laughs> still got the whole night ahead of you. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. So I guess we should wrap this up so Terrence can go to sleep and be fresh and. The morning uh, yes. to run up a bunch of steps and punch some meat and um, <laughs> yeah. you I know
3: my potato salad or what did he call <laughs> but, yeah. your
2: beautiful potato salad or <laughs>
3: when I said uh, that I said I'm gonna call whatever I said before about crawling into bed my wife opened the door she's like I can hear you so <laughs> <I'm> like whoops <laughs> there goes the surprise <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> no no what Terrence what you should do is you should talk really quiet for a little bit until so she falls asleep. Now what you do is you creep into your room really quietly and then just jump on your bed.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Just like full out, belly flop on your <laughs> bed.
1: Yeah. Uh, like...
3: <laughs> well, what I thought I was going to do, I was going to go to her mother's house and cut off her finger with her wedding ring and surprise <laughs> her. With... <laughs> <laughs> Let's renew our vow.
1: <laughs> That'd
3: be pretty sweet. Yeah, you got the Joker, Barbara Gordon. So hey, you know she's pretty hot. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: Anyways, uh, besides cutting off mother-in-law's fingers and jumping on uh, beds where people are sleeping, uh, you can check out our host site, Batman Universe at batmanuniverse.net, on Facebook at facebook.com. Slash the Batman Universe or Twitter. And the Twitter handle is at Batman Universe. Um, you can also find us on iTunes as well as all of the other Batman Universe podcasts and you can rate and you can review us. And um, there's a ton of Batman Universe podcasts and Dustin's on all of them. He's, uh, he's a Master Jedi. Grand Ma- he, he's a Grandmaster Jedi. He has a high chlorian count, right Tim?
0: Not as high as Master though. What is, what, is I mean, what
2: is our midichlorian
0: count? What is that? What is our chlorine count? Like, one and a half.
1: <laughs> no, like don't say seven.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Mine's got to be higher, because I've been taking these pills that I bought off the internet to raise it, so... <laughs> <laughs> Can you give me some of those pills? Yeah, they're very expensive, <laughs> but... For some reason, they look exactly like Flintstone vitamins, <laughs> but... <laughs> I keep buying them. Yeah.
2: Um. Yeah, you can uh, rate and review us on iTunes. We got another review by um, Terrence's brother. Yes. And I. I just want to tell Terrence's brother, I don't I hate you yeah. <laughs> for uh, giving me a critique. <laughs>
3: As soon as I read that, I was like, "Oh, great! Now it's going to be awkward between me and Dane." So.
2: No, going to be awkward. You, you, you're just off the podcast. Right? Yeah. Sorry, your last podcast is going to be me and Tim from now on. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, unfortunately, um, what's his name? Steve is it?
3: Stephen. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Fortunately, Steve, uh, unless you can come, you can fly here, you can uh, somehow set up a better internet connection for me and get me another headset. Um, you're going to have to deal with this. I'm sorry. There's nothing else I can do about it. It's out of my hands. It's out of my hands, man. I'm sorry. Or you could uh, get a new headset <laughs> and get better internet connection. That would cost money, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather spend money on uh, Star Wars collections that I don't watch the, watch the special features on them. I just watch these movies. <laughs> yeah. um, but, Steve, we love you, man. No homo, of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but we also have an email. Uh Terrence, what is it?
3: It is uh oh, let me get this here. Um it is <laughs> BatFans Twenty Seven, the number two seven at gmail dot com. And we don't really have much email this week, um, because the other podcast that announced our um Email hasn't been up yet, but we did get one email from my wife who emailed Dane to, to see if it was working, and she wants to know why you don't say, I'm Dane, and I like Batman anymore. So. Oh
2: my bad. <laughs> yeah. uh, what's her name again? Natalie. Na- my bad, Natalie. Uh, okay. My name is Dane, and I, I do like the Batman. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah, you... you you can email us at that email address and tell us how we're doing and stuff like that. Um, and if you... What was it going with that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyways, uh, th- this is probably going to come out after Christmas. After... Is Hanukkah done already?
3: I think it's like halfway. I think they're, oh, it's going okay. on right now.
2: Uh, it's probably going to be after Hanukkah, so... Um, happy, Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Hope you have a good one. T- Tim, happy day for you.
0: <laughs> happy, happy Life pre-day. Day. For happy the,
2: li- Life Day. That's, that's genius. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's genius. Uh, but I hope you have fun and safe, um, Christmas and New Year and all that stuff. So, bye, everybody. Don't worry. We'll be back here in two weeks. You know we'll be doing this again in two weeks. Don't worry about it. Don't cry. Please don't <laughs> cry. Tonight. Don't you cry tonight? I still love you, baby. No, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> song titles, aren't they? Because they sound like song titles. <laughs> no, I, I I think that was from um, the Guns N' Roses song um, "Don't Cry" or something like that.
3: Yeah, I don't exactly, know. It,
2: yeah. Oh, is that what that was from? Is that,
3: yeah, that was from yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: Okay, <laughs> I'm glad I referenced a song that I don't know the lyrics to. <laughs> yes. At least a Spice
3: Girls song. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> email us and tell us what you want, what you really, really want, and we'll <laughs> get back to you.
0: Oh man, this is the best conclusion to the podcast. Ever. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> Wait till next time when we review Little Gotham's Christmas special. So. <laughs>
2: Uh, anyways, um, my name is Dane, and I like Batman. There you go.
3: <laughs> right, it's back.
4: It's <laughs> fine, <laughs> so <guys>.
3: oh, <laughs> My name is Terrence, and I also like the Batman.
0: <laughs> my name is Chip and I don't know what else to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
2: T-Rents T-Rents That's your yeah, rap name um,
3: Yeah <laughs> I would do more Spice Girls Like jokes about songs But I just don't know any <laughs> like,
2: Did they have any Other hits? Uh,
3: if they did I've either forgotten them Or I don't think so <laughs>
2: Yeah It was just Tell me what you want So Yeah
4: <laughs>
3: There's a secret I'll take with me Soon
4: my will It was you it's and work me I'm, 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 I'm alone fine. tonight My tears can't full